Hi everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, teaming up with, as always, the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Hello, Terry. Hello, Bernard. How are you? Well, thank you. And we have our special guest with us today, gun young trainer, Luke Fernie. Welcome, Luke. Thanks for having me, boys. Excellent. We've got uh, a huge sad day, a huge weekend of racing actually coming up. Got a lot to get through in our preview. We're going to have a good chat to Luke. Um, but first of all, we'll just have a quick recap of the goings on in West Australian horse racing at present. What do you think, Terry? We'll start there. Sounds good to me, Bernard. Looking forward to quizzing Luke Shawley, but we'll let him ease into it, eh? Sounds good. Slow and steady. All right, so... Like a Saturday night out with Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so last weekend, uh, we had a couple of feature races. We had Flower of War. Gee, this uh, she's a really tough mare. She got the job done nailing her stable mate, Valor Road in last week's Cyril Flower Stakes, giving Inform Apprentice Chloe as a party her first listed race win, Terry. Yeah, no, very, uh, very impressive. I was uh, unsure if she could win taking a sit, but yeah, me too. Uh, she got the job done. Albeit, I think you might find that uh, Valor Road did a lot of work and. Uh not, not many others really turned up, but it was a very uh, impressive win and uh, she'll take a, a rating tip from that and be required to step up to the next level. Yeah, obviously adds some significant value to her uh, residually being a, uh, a mare as well. So um, the connections would have been pretty keen to get some black type alongside her name and job done on Saturday, Simon A. Simon A. Miller treble on Saturday, so he's back in a big way. But the real talking point was, of course, Superstorm's dominant challenge stakes victory, raided through the roof, best of the day on Vince Accardi's figures, did it mm -hmm. in a canter. This win booked his spot alongside Regal Power and last week's whatever happened to Terry, Battlestorm. Uh, the trio boarded a plane to Melbourne during the week. Now, Regal Power's in on Saturday, of course, but Su Superstorm, he'll be taking on the outstanding duo, duo Alligator Blood and Catalyst in the Australian Guineas. That, poor, that pair, they fought out a grandstand finish in the CSA Stakes at Flemington last Saturday and certainly had Twitter lighting up. Terry. Yeah, I might uh, hop on a plane myself, actually, and go across and watch that, I think. I uh, hope uh, what one thing we did suggest to the listeners was uh, probably the dollar sixty was probably a bit thin. We don't all have as, as much money as Luke does, but uh, I uh, we did mention to maybe take the 20, 30, 40 to 1 that was on offer for the uh, for the guineas, which is now uh, 11 bucks tab touch. So that was probably the move. So hopefully a few of us are set. I don't know uh, if he'll measure up. Do you follow the Eastern States much, Luke? Uh, the bigger races I do, and yeah. I sort of watched the race the other day, and I thought that Superstorm could go there and measure up. I, I thought, did you? Know, yeah, I feel even better about me. Uh, me twenty six bucks. I should have gone a little bit harder than it sounds like, but uh, no, I'm really uh, looking forward to, uh, to to seeing how he goes across there, and uh, obviously, I'm sure we'll touch on shortly. Uh, four weeks without William Pike potentially in WA. Pikeless, Pikeless. Yeah. So I'm with Luke. I, I saw the Alligator Blood catalysts. Uh, run and that was that was fantastic and it was great for thoroughbred horse racing got got everyone's blood pumping which bit is of a great takeover target versus Apache Cat it was do you remember yeah. that one Luke or was that a bit before your time a bit, bit before my <laughs> time I've, time. Seen, I've seen the replays but yeah, that's about it showing our age here I think so but I will say that it's not as if they cleared out from the third horse by four or five lengths like the third horse was right on top of them on the line who actually went really good if I'm Bob uh, Team Williams and Pike I'm going over there like confident, yeah, measuring. Well, I reckon. I reckon Superstorm's the real deal. He's going to give the Australian Guineas a big shake. You ever seen Brooklyn Nine Nine, the TV show? No. 
Luke? A couple of times. You have? You know Raymond Holt, Captain Raymond Holt? Yes. He reminds me of Bob Peters. Obviously, they look nothing alike, but just his personality. Like, you wouldn't know when he's excited. Somebody would have heard that, and that'll be a good analogy for someone. Anyway, let's move on, BJ. <laughs> let's move on very so, quickly. So, obviously, um, so, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing how Superstorm goes against the big guns in the Australian Guineas in a couple of weeks. Stable mate, Regal Power. He has, um, he has landed in an extremely winnable Peter Young stakes at Caulfield on Saturday. Like, I, I, I'm, I think I'm in the vortex again, Terry, the yeah. Cerise and White vortex. But does he just win? Well, this is something actually I wanted to ask Luke. How, how difficult is it? And I know uh, you, I guess your team's mainly sprinters, isn't it? Predominantly, yeah, pre- predominantly at the minute is yeah. Yeah, it, so but I mean, how how difficult would you find? Obviously, you've done a lot of work with your old man, and, and I don't know how often you would have tried it. But that horse, I mean, when, when was Regal Powers last run? Two months ago, one barrier trial, two two barrier trials, two barrier two barrier trials, and first up at eighteen hundred meters. How difficult is is it to train a horse to get it right for that type of assignment? I think when they don't have a long break in between when their last start is, he obviously didn't have a heap of days off, so yeah. he he wouldn't have lost so much res- residual fitness. And they train through the heavy sand and they love the way that they train through it. So I think once they've had their couple of trials and a blowout and they sort of, I think they back off them a little bit and mm-hmm. let them freshen up. And I think the 1800, well, once they've got the miles in the legs, should be fine for it. Oh. Yeah, I've got no no issue with the 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 break. This, I sounds, think this sounds like it could be BJ's uh, best bet of the day. Well, I mean, I'm, I'll preface it by saying I do not do Victorian or New South Wales form. It's in Braille to me. But... It just sta- he stands out. I reckon he is fed income, high top quality horse. Um, he might not be Australian Cup quality, but this looks this looks his race. If he's wound up, he, he's gonna he's gonna go close. Fed income, I fair like income. it. I like it, mate. But yeah, good opportunity for the Wizard William okay. Pike to uh, get a feature race win on the board in Melbourne. He's also aboard Hummer Hummer, a $26 chance in the Oakley Plate. Also, significant WA flavour at Caulfield this Saturday with our with ex or current WA horses, Capo Dioro, Adelaide Ace, Bams on Fire and Blackheart Bart. They will all be competing at Caulfield this Saturday. So there's a bit going on um, as things are really, really heating up on Blue Diamond Stakes Day this Saturday, Terry. Yeah, no, very much looking forward to it. I don't uh, watch a huge amount of uh, Eastern States racing, to be honest, but uh, whenever there's any West Australian horses um, in action, I like to uh, I like to tune in. So looking forward to that. Are we uh, any chance of seeing any of yours uh, going across over East? I tell you what, I am coming along for the journey when they do, though. That'll be uh, that'll be uh, some celebration if we can get one up at Flemington. There was, see, I'm, see, I'm there saying was we talk. now, by the way, as well. <laughs> there was talk. There was talk of taking Mervyn over for the 955s, but we oh, sort yeah. of weighed that up and didn't think it'd be that good of an idea. Wait till they start a 600 meter race, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, he'd still paddle the last hundred, I reckon, but. That was talk at one point, but that's been thrown out the window. <laughs> uh, we can we can look forward to that. We'll get you on again next time you're about to send one across, mate. So yeah, I, I think I think it. it's time we start getting to know Luke Fernie a little bit better better for the listeners, Terry. Hundred percent. So Luke Fernie, twenty four year old thoroughbred horse trainer, just gone out on your own. Kalgoorlie born and bred, just made the big move to Ascot. Um, can you give us the listeners a bit of background, where you come from and how you ended up uh, living in Ascot with, um, I guess, a trainer's license at such a young age? Yeah, well, I was always, my family's always been in horse racing. Dad's obviously a, a trainer well-known around WA now and 
Peter Fernie, yeah. Yep. He's uh, he's always had me out there with the horses and I've always enjoyed being out there. So uh, I've always wanted to train horses. I mean, coming to Perth, I wouldn't have had the opportunity if Dad didn't have as strong a team as what he does. So it's a lot to thank on his behalf. And we've moved down here just to, just to see how things will pan out with some of the, the better quality horses that we have. And it might not work or it might work. So we'll just see where it takes us. So also we just learned that you're a, a qualified electrician as well. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, Mum and Dad always said that it's not always stable being in the racing game and if if, thing, if things went wrong, well, I've, I've got to have something to fall back on. So We'll learn that, yeah. Yeah. You always have your highs and lows, so if it does go bad, well, I've always can go back and climb through a roof. I might have to lose a couple of kilos before then, but I'm sure I'll be able to do something like that. So when did you, when did you I guess, You've worked underneath your dad. When do you think you took on more of a foreman, like co-trainer type type role, unofficially? And when did you start believing that um, you could you could do it on your own? I suppose it's probably three years ago. I was sort of really knuckled down. Before that, I was going out drinking. Never really cared that much about the horses. Just went and done the horses just because I had to. Mm. And then when I started to look into more <clears throat> excuse me more things that dad was doing even the nominations your medications that the horses need just organizing how did we have a team of 30 in Kel and having organized staff to move around and get everything done it's there's a little bit more to it than what i thought and it sort of took me by surprise and i quite enjoyed it so it's a big big operation isn't it um thoroughbred horse training it's uh, for me from my understanding and from the people that i'm speak to within the industry it seems just about the toughest gig in the game i would say from like from the pressure involved to the people you need to deal with from selecting yearlings which we'll touch on sooner or later so it's a big undertaking especially for a a 24 year old guy yeah it definitely is and i mean it's a seven day 24 hour job so Mm. horses can get sick and if one gets sick well you're the person that has to to be there and try and do your best to make sure everything runs smoothly and Organised between speaking to owners, getting your staff going, it's all just, it just makes it a full-time job and lots of hours involved. WA Racing has, has always known the Fernie stable for churning out the winners, leading trainers in Calgary for a long, long time now. So I would say in the last two or three seasons, you've made, you started making more trips to Perth and more successful trips to Perth and I heard your dad interviewed after maybe it was Little Fish might have won at Ascot last year and they sort of asked him like what's what's changed um, and he just sort of referred to the better quality horses that you guys have been have been getting during the last couple of seasons what, what else what else has changed do you think that what, what has made that Kalgoorlie centric um, operation more com- confident and more competent when coming to town yeah, I'm not sure. I always thought the Cagley form was quite strong. I didn't, obviously being a little bit younger, I never really done form as hard as I do it now. But I think the form that does get through the Cagley racing season, there's a, a fair few horses who could come to Perth and be competitive and trainers sort of just stick there because it's close to home and that's that's what they think. But when you go out and have a crack a couple of times, of course you're going to fail every mm. now and again. But that's how we learn, yeah? Exactly. You've mm. got to go out and have a crack and... Obviously, once you start getting better horses in your stables, people realise who you are and, and what's happening. And 
I think through having a couple of good horses, it sort of just flows on from it and you just keep accumulating nicer ones. So just tell the listeners, when did you set up, when did you decide to make the move to Ascot? When did you set up shop and how, how's the, the move going so far? Well, I, was, I wanted to move here a year ago and then I sort of didn't have everything sort of planned out and so I let the Kalgoorlie season run through and helped Dad through that and we sort of had a fair few winners there so it was a bit pointless getting up and leaving Kel when we'll come here and winning races and still winning races in Kel. But since um, I got here in December, so I've been here a couple of months now and yeah, it's we're just getting getting on top of things now. I should start to step a couple more horses out. Mm, and we've got a couple of couple of runners this Saturday, Terry. Yeah, looking forward to discussing uh, these couple of runners. Uh, I don't think that uh, the men uh, and women at RWA quite realise that he's no longer a visitor. You're a local because <laughs> you've got a couple of visitors' draws, it appears. But um, I'm looking forward to speaking to Luke and getting some insight on uh, what he thinks his horse's chances are. Yeah, um, Danny and, Al Mr. Danny and Genoa. Mr. Genoa, one of my favourites, Mr. Genoa was uh, stiff not to win uh, first up. I think should have won and should have won very comfortably. So, um, so this is a far easier race, but it's a uh, yeah difficult draw, but we'll get to that. We'll in time. get to that. So just quickly, when did you get your trainer's license? In May last year. May last year, okay. Yeah. So I guess the thing that uh, people will be interested in is how do you, how have you found trying to replicate what's worked for you in Kalgoorlie in a new environment at Ascot? It has been very different. Um, I actually worked a couple of horses at Ascot and they went sore a couple of times the way that we work them in Kel and I'm not sure whether it's a different track or how we'll feed into the different sand that they're standing on. I mean... That's yeah. fascinating, isn't yeah, it? All, the, all those um, inputs, all those different var- uh, variables, it's, it's, it's wild, yeah. Exactly, and there's a pool in Kel that's a long... Sh- you got to swim down a long straight, probably 40 metres, and then the pool here, you swim 20 metres and you sort of just swim in a circle. So little things like that. I think they float around the corners at the pool here and they don't quite get as fit as what they do in Kalgoorlie. And, yeah, you, just, you sort of got to test everything out before you get a result. And I think I've sort of got to that point now within a couple of months of working out what's going to work and what's not going to work. You can tell with the results as well. What's are there any trainers in particular you've lent on since you've been uh, in West Australia for adv- uh, in West Australia in Perth for uh, for advice? I do. On Luciani's been great. Yeah, I've got a very good association with him. And is that when he's not getting a manicure? Is it? Or? Yeah, when he's not getting his eyebrows done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, Martin Allen's been fantastic since I've been here. He's really can you good. understand him? I can. Yes, yeah. I can. <laughs> But um, except on a Saturday night after fifteen kroners, but yeah, neither can I actually. Yeah, he's been great, and Toddy Harvey, I'm renting his stables at the back of his yep. house, so he's been fantastic as well. So, have you ever gone and worked for another stable, or have you always just worked for your dad? No, I always worked for dad um, over the round and things like that. Lindsay Smith and Justin Warwick have always come up and they stay around. You just see little different ways that they train their horses been out to Lindsay's and watched how they do it the morning of track work and things like that so it's completely different to the way that we train so it's very eye-opening if I had to go out and train on a property like they were I'd probably have every horse run last Mm. because it's just completely different to to what we're used to. 
It's funny, isn't it? We talk about, I think the Brett Pope stable recently moved and um, he's just had, obviously, his results probably haven't matched the SP profiles of a lot of his horses recently. And it's just interesting hearing Luke about how, how long it does take to adjust and sort of learn how what a horse requires and how to get it at the peak of its game. And, well, um, I'm sure the Jimmy, the Jimmy Taylor stable, they yep. will, they uh, went through a similar process of, of developing their, their training um, complex out on their property in Bullsbrook and it, it took them some time to, to get a handle on things. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, especially after years and years of having that routine training from Ascot and, and having all your markers and knowing what's good work and what's not. So um, just just takes takes time. So um, the fact that you're, you've managed to come to Ascot and sort of dive in and start getting some positive results in a, I guess, a relatively short period of time is, is, is a good sign, yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I can understand where them trainers have come from because it is different. Everything you do is different. You take horses out of their comfort zone, they don't eat. If they don't eat, it's hard to work them because they lose too much weight. You don't get condition on them. And all. Just little things like that that the public don't see that do make a difference to whether a horse runs up to his expectation or whether it doesn't. We have so many questions mm. for you, Luke. Especially we'll get to them as we uh, progress. Yeah, especially I about the uh, different methodologies and and different reasons for doing things. So we'll be leaning on you uh, throughout the the preview. Um, but um, but for now, to to keep the show rolling, we had the yearling sales on uh, Monday, Tuesday. Perth Magic Millions yearling sales was um, quite successful from a gross. Um, sale point of view, I believe mm-hmm. it's the highest in a, more than a decade or something like that. You were obviously out there, bought four yearlings. Yeah, we got four yearlings on one on the fir- two on the first day, sorry, and two on the second day. And uh, yeah, well, there's shares out there if anybody else wants to to jump into them as well. Let's give them a plug. Well, I've already got involved. I think yeah, I did. Yeah, we uh, I made I made the mistake of getting involved in a uh, in a round with you, and I realised that you're. Uh, He's got a bit of pace on him. He's a bit of Merv over the first four or five hundred. He's got a bit of Mervin about him in that sense. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think we've got involved in a little dissident. Philly, yes, you have. You have. Yes, I, yes. I haven't spoke to you about it, but I'm, no, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to get yeah, you into yeah, it. Hopefully, 100%, 100%, anyway, one hundred percent. So you got. Um, so yeah, tell the tell the listeners how how they how can. Any listeners out there get involved with the Luke Fernie Up Racing Stable? Stable. Yeah, I've got a Facebook page, Fernie Racing, and if you're not on Facebook, I've got the email address at fernieracing at gmail.com. And if not, well, my mobile number is 0424 Always keen to, to get new people involved and a lot of people come down having a beer and Talking horses on a Friday, Arvo. Yeah, so I perfect. saw that you you had a, a old ladies' horse, which you tried to get into the Magic Millions, which is a, a great concept. The Magic Millions Women in Racing bonus. Yep. You were emergency with Champagne Diva, is yes, that right? Yes. Didn't didn't quite get. So so was that your first year buying yearlings last year, or have you or have you put up your hand previously? Last year was the first year buying them. Yep. I've always been I've been to sales with Dad, but so I just didn't have the backing behind me to. To do it so this year i'm lucky enough to have some support behind me and i actually haven't got an old ladies horse this year just because i've got blokes that want to go into the two that i've bought and dad's syndicating he's with with blokes in them as well but it is a great scheme for or to get people into the horses and get women down to the races it's obviously easier to get your partner down you can't speak for other trainers but do you go to yearlings this year's yearling sales knowing who is going to go into a yearling or do you just go in there with faith and belief that people might go into yearlings like what's the how does that work you know, I, you, 
you have people tell you that they'll go into it, and sometimes when push comes to shove, they they're not there after they've said they want to go in, and that's fair enough. Their pockets become very uh, short, don't they? Oh, or yeah. their arms become short, perhaps. Yeah, it's a good it's a good idea when they're talking about it, and then sometimes it, it's not for them. Mm-hmm. So you sort of count on people wanting to come in, and it's always good to try and bring new people into the stable and. I could call on older people that have been through the stable for a long time, but I'd like to get new people through the stable for for these horses. Yeah, I mean, like 24 years old, I suppose you can you can find a niche among younger race goers, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Who, who I guess, who can connect with you um, generationally? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's not people sometimes think you go on a a racehorse and it's all business, Mm. and it's complete opposite. You go down there and you have a beer, you enjoy yourself. Champagne Diva ran fourth the other day and the ladies that were on the fence were that excited that she ran fourth and didn't run last. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty easy to keep them happy. they just got to keep improving. But, yeah, you go down there, you have a good day out. It's good to get around your mates and, and enjoy the day. Yeah, yeah, and you've got a nice range uh, with the um, yearlings you bought. You've sort of got a couple at the cheaper end around the thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 mark and up to a, sort of the $100,000 mark. I think you might have bought a more expensive one, didn't you? We tried to buy a more expensive oh, one right. and we sort of got blown out of the park a little bit. But um, yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Terry seen me go outside and start stressing after we hadn't bought a couple after the first three times we missed. So. You just go through your notes and obviously you study a lot up on, on the horses and their breeding, you go over them a lot and you go through your notes and you go back through the horses that you liked and you just keep trying until you get one. Yeah, and you have to make sure it's I think in the price range as well, don't you? It's sort of like punting to a degree. You price it at a certain level and you don't want to take uh, you don't want to take unders. If you've got it two bucks, you don't want to take a dollar seventy about the horse, do you? It was a particularly strong sale. Um, speaking to Steve Wolf, he was uh, he was underbidder on a few on day one. He was like yourself, stressing that he wasn't going to get any get any horses, and he managed to to salvage um, a few uh, few lots later on on day two, and um, which he was which he was happy about. But yeah, it was a yeah. Adam Durant was uh, was buying big Neville Parnham. I think he bought fourteen lots as well. There was some heavy hitters Pieces. with with a bit of bit of cash to fl- uh, throw around. So it was hard going, especially on day one. Yeah, it was, and I mean they've got the base to to get owners into them horses as well so i look at it sometimes in the way that if you spend a hundred thousand on a horse you can can buy three horses for a hundred thousand and you got three chances of getting a better horse than what you do for the hundred thousand dollar horse but it's all luck and you just got to work your way through excellent so one last question before we move on uh luke for any racing stables what does it what does it look like in five years time um, I'd like to have more horses than what I have now, which would be nice. I don't want to get too big. Because what's, a, what's a nice number? I, th- I think 30 is a nice number. You've got enough race meetings around WA, you can sort of... 30 in work or 30 in total? 30 in work, I yeah. reckon. Yeah, have a couple in the paint and just keep moving, moving them in and out. Mm-hmm. And there's enough races around. Even if your horse isn't good enough, you can go to an Arigen or a York and... If you put your money in, owners put the money in, you can take them to them sort of places, send them back up to Kalgoorlie with Dad and they can earn some money back there for the owners that buy into them. Yeah, that's a, that's a good system as well. It's like if you're, you're right, you can you can go to Cal and, and um, get a bit of money, recoup the purchase price at least for, you know, in your hometown that you know so well. So Yeah, exactly. And It's a, it's a quite a good selling point really, isn't it? You've got, if, if you've got horses, you've got a yearling or whatever, yep, it, we're going to, obviously we have, 
you know, hopes and dreams that it's going to measure up in town, but we've definitely got a backup plan if, if that doesn't Yeah, exactly. Doesn't the, come on. the reality is not every horse you buy is going to be winks. It just doesn't happen. And um, you can still go to Kalgoorlie and earn good money and Esperance, even Esperance, Dad takes horses to Esperance now and you still get 9000 for a win there and you win a couple of them, it's still twenty grand in your pocket and twenty grand in your pocket not raising them there. So Exactly right. Excellent. So it's now time that Luke Verney goes one-on-one on the one-one with our man, Terry Layton, the Perth Racing Guru. Okay, Luke, you haven't been prepped for this, which I like even better. Very quick answers, okay? What uh, is the favourite horse that you've trained? Uh, can include any that you've had with your old boy. Black George. Black George? Yeah. Wouldn't have picked that. That won a Cal Cup, didn't it? Hannon's Handicap. Hannon's, okay. So I was meant to be quick. Uh, if you weren't a horse trainer, um, besides being unemployed, what would you have been? Electrician. Yeah, it's boring. Uh, after a big win, we go to the gold bar or the exchange? Gold bar. Yeah, okay. I thought so. Uh, pineapple on steak sandwiches? Terrible. Oh, Christ. What right. about pineapple yeah. on pizzas? No, I eat anything most of the time. So <laughs> it's, it's all the way there either way, I reckon. Uh, if you could steal one horse to train from any other WA yard, who would it be? Oh, Regal Power. Yeah, good. Who would you prefer, uh, sorry, would you prefer to win a Kalgoorlie Cup or a Perth Cup? Perth Cup. What if I threw a, a Hannons on top of the Kalgoorlie Cup? Definitely a Hannons and Kalgoorlie okay, Cup. Okay, there you go. So Hannons uh, is the clincher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you could work under or learn from any trainer in Australia, who would it be? Uh, Lindsay Smith. Uh, who's a better horse? I'm throwing you under the bus here. Mr. Janara or Pims Royale? Oh, shit. <laughs> you can't do this to me. Uh, Pims Royale. Okay. At least it took a while to answer. Uh, what's your golf handicap? Terrible. Okay. Uh, I reckon um, you're a man that hasn't minded a punt in the past. I'm not sure if you want to tell us this, but uh, what's the biggest plunge you've ever pulled off? 23 to $6, I think it was, or $5. Are you going to give us the horse's name or not? Uh, Fat Amy. Yeah, I was told that one, actually. <laughs> uh, and finally, Luke, uh, I heard that the uh, GBCC, what's that stand for? The Goldfields, uh, oh, Goldfields Boulder? No, nah, the Great Boulder Cricket Club. Uh, there you go. The Great Boulder, I only got the abbreviation. The GBCC, the Great Boulder Cricket Club, uh, the coach was disappointed that you put your horse training career ahead of a promising cricket career. But I have been told that you went and purchased some new equipment and made a comeback earlier uh, this year. How'd you go? Yeah, I didn't bat or bowl. I think I, actually I took the first catch of the game. I actually heard it was a uh, screamer from second slip, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was going to tell you it was a screamer anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that, that's all I got to. That's all I've got to use of the cricket gear, and it's been locked away in the shed since I've been here. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that uh, that's it. Thanks for that, Luke. Thanks for going one-on-one. <laughs> Thanks for going one-on-one. Uh, that's replacing Terry's tantrum this week, by the way. So a bit of a happier segment, I feel. Perfect. I think the participants will will be happy to hear that uh, they're out of the firing line. No Terry's <laughs> tantrum this oh, week. This day could change. Okay. So it's time we thanked our wonderful sponsors and supporters. So the Mundaring Hotel. Um Ian O'Connor is the publican. It's uh, the Mundaring Hotel is the heart of the hill since 1899. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Go see Butchie O'Connor for a feed, flutter and some froffies. The Mundaring Hotel, they sponsor our WA Racing Mastermind competition, Terry. So congrats to episode 12 winner, Jono Pint. 
Jono uh, got all four questions right last week. He's also a winner of our Betfair Mastermind competition on the 1-1 pub tour alongside Travis and Nathan. So Jono at the uh, sales as well. He actually mentioned, uh, I said that Luke was probably looking for a few uh, shareholders and he showed some interest. So uh, this is a shout out now that I'm saying it on the podcast, he's got no choice, does he? So <laughs> Jono, get in touch. <laughs> Jono loves his WA racing and he's a deserved mastermind winner. $100 Mundaring Hotel voucher is in the mail. So we'll read out uh, this week's quiz questions before we preview race six on Saturday. And also we have to mention Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. They are located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Market City Meats sponsor the very popular Get Out Stakes competition. Can you believe that no one selected plays the game last week, Terry? After it was your best betting proposition oh, of the weekend a couple oh, of episodes back. Yeah, I, I was a bit dirty myself. I often review, well, I always review a meet and look at where I could have maybe improved or done something a bit better. And it's been poorly handled for many a start plays the game. They've been trying to go at the thousand metres or even earlier and uh, a bit more patience. And um, yeah, one like, uh, it won a pretty weird old staying race in all fairness. But mm. uh, yeah, no, I was a bit dirty. BJ, that we weren't on. So there's a mini tantrum. Yeah, Terry. just a mini tantrum. Yeah. So, um, there's, a, there's a mini tantrum every 35 minutes <laughs> on a Saturday, though. <laughs> so no one had plays the game last week in the Get Out Stakes. So we have a carryover jackpot. That means there's $100 worth of Group 1 beef up for grabs from Market City Meats this week. So make sure you get your entries in and we'll, we'll give everyone a reminder prior to Race 9, the Get Out Stakes, this week. Lastly, if you want to read our previews online, check out... Terry's expert race analysis and his betting strategy on the Betfair hub. And if you'd like to read my preview, the leg up, go to the Best Bets website. It's also published on ozrace.com.au. Stay tuned after the preview for our horses to follow, top-notch trialers and whatever happened to segments. And don't forget, it's Pinjarra Classic Day. And the Classic looks like being an absolute cracking race. Tell them we're coming versus Cup Night versus dance music versus free trade. So keep an eye out for that one. That looks set to be a real feature of the uh, of the summer. 100%. That's a, yeah, it's a cracking four horse that'll, uh, well, it probably should give the rest of them some respect, but uh, it looks a real good uh, four horse race. So I'm um, not sure which way we're we leaning at this way, this stage, PJ. I'll be leaning towards Cup Night as always. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just about time to do our preview. What do you reckon? Should we get started? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, it's time we preview the Ascot February 22 Detonator Stakes card. Terry, have you, the, the rail's out three metres, looks like we've got a fine day, potential thunderstorms. What can you give the punters a lead on how you think the track will play at headquarters on Saturday? Uh, well, the thunderstorms didn't eventuate on Wednesday, so I'm pretty content. I think that, what have they said, zero to four millimetres. I reckon we just allow for no rain. Um, if we start allowing for rain, yeah, we're overthinking it. We're becoming wind and rain Nazis a little bit, as we've discussed in weeks gone by. Uh, the wind forecast has actually changed this morning. There's going to be uh, slight easterlies all afternoon. Um, rail at three metres. Last week it was a slight westerly at one metre, and we um, we played very on pace and rail. With the easterly rail only two more metres out, we've got to be allowed for horses on pace to be um to be suited um not exclusively but i'm i'm yeah especially early in the day i want to be on horses that are settling closer to them bj sounds good are we ready race one yeah let's do it okay we've got the glenroy chaff maiden another maiden on a sad day uh we discussed this last week we won't go there again terry we won't harp on about it this we time harp on about okay. it um so anyway but we've got to find a winner what can uh, what can we steer the listeners into Kane. Terry? 
Keen here, BJ. I'm not gonna, we're not going to go too deep. Just going to look at one horse. Basically, this is a, a very uh, average field. You could use different words to describe that, but it's a maiden, so that's probably um, to be expected. I don't know if too many of these will be making their way to the Fernie stable when he starts taking him over east, to be honest. But uh, Perfect Harmony is one I really liked. It's first up run behind Long Beach. Uh, Christy rode it that day, ran a nice final splits. Uh, Long Beach, Alexis Olympia, hula hoops, good horses, finished in front uh, of her that day. Um, she laid in quite badly in the straight, so Christy never actually got to ride her out properly, hit the line really well. Um, I, re I really liked the run. Um, second up, went to Pinjarra, led after missing the kick. So Molly Clark rode that day, had to do a lot of work. Um, eventually um, made her way to the top, gave a really nice kick um, on a track which didn't suit those on the rail. In fact, it was almost a poison, uh, the poison fence that day. Um, so to be only beaten 1.6, I thought it was a really nice effort. Uh, Jade McNaught goes on, which uh, is a jockey upgrade. Uh, settles, oh, can maybe lead this race. There isn't a huge was, amount of speed. It was here. slow out. Um, it was. That's, first that's up my and second up. Especially <laughs> after my little uh, Lonsdale lady explosion yesterday. Mm. Um, that is that is definitely a concern of mine. Um, but if she doesn't lead, she can potentially take the back of the, or should take the back of the leader. But I'd, I'd love to see her kick up and lead this race. Um, if she just jumps cleanly and leads, it just wins, I think you'll find. But there's a lot of, um, there is definitely some doubts of that definitely occurring. But uh, it's the only horse I want to be on, BJ. I've marked it a clear favourite in saying that. It's from a small yard. Might not be all that popular. So the current $4.50, while that's good enough for me to get involved, I'm at this stage, I'm just going to be a little bit more patient price-wise and um, and just reevaluate. But uh, maybe I might have half the bet at the four fifty and half later. But that's it for me. Yeah, my, my take on this race... Perfect Harmony, Bruce Almighty, and Attila's Dream all come from the same Pinjarra maiden. Bruce Almighty looked home, got nailed on the line by Magic Empire. This, if he's going to win one, this really does look the the perfect race for him. However, at the two dollars fifty, I think yeah. two sixty best available. Thin. That's too thin for me. I was around the three dollar fifty mark. Attila's Dream, I think, if it can work forward and cross Perfect Harmony, it's going to give a kick. It's going to be tough to run down. Outside of those three, the only horse I can really consider is not known. First up for Vaughan Sigley, showed a bit last prep, uh, especially its trials. Actually started favourite first up at Belmont back in August. Um, potentially around the $11 mark, that's not a bad price. I had him- That's overs. I had him mark $7, so that's not a bad option. But yeah, no real strong leaning in this, Terry. I thought it was the race for Bruce Almighty. Too short, so for me, I'm operating around uh, maybe Attila's Dream or Not Known. Uh, any thoughts, Luke, on uh, on the Glenroy Chaff Maiden? Yeah, I didn't take too much interest in, <laughs> in this one once I had a look at it, but- I don't blame you. I mean, they're very even, aren't they? Just looking through them now. You got to get the right run, sort of races like that. I look for horses that are drawn the inside with the least amount of weight. Something that's down on the minimum that might have a claim every now and again does pop up, and say can lob on on speed. You're sort of halfway there. You just need a lot of luck, especially with the Eastley in play as well. Mm, definitely. So yeah, I didn't look too much into into this race. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't blame you either. Most of these might die maidens as well, potentially. Eh? <laughs> All right. Well, Terry's very keen. Perfect harmony. Very keen. Perfect harmony. And um, I've I've marked not knowing six bucks. Uh, mm. It's formed behind Tremika and Levitated. Its last two before a spell is probably uh, better than this field. And if it can get near the pace, its value um, at eleven dollars as well. So good to see you aligned with the McNaught. 
uh, yeah. situation as well. Yeah, well, I forgot her. There's yeah, the cat with nine lives. No, no, she'll uh, she's probably not riding at her peak at the moment, but I've still got a lot of faith that uh, uh, she's still one of the better jockeys in the state. And Luke does as well. Got so does two Luke. Rides yes. of his on what a, Saturday. What a good segue into uh, the second race of the day. The uh, the Salinger Plate for the two year olds over eleven hundred meters. Uh, let's start with you, Luke. What? Uh, how can we expect your uh, your runner out, Danny, to go here? Yeah, well, it's a bit bit of a tricky race, obviously, looking at the horses that haven't had race starts. You don't know how they'll cope with going to the races and if it does fire them up that bit, you don't know if they can just fire out of the gates and you're always cautious that there might be a couple more kick up underneath you. So our intentions will be to go forward and hopefully she's quick enough to get somewhere near the near the top hopefully we don't lob three deep with no cover or anything like that because that wouldn't be ideal but i think if we put her outside the leader she should be pretty hard to beat yep yeah no i, I had her mapped uh, outside the leader but exactly as you said um when doing the speed map i had horses like um uh, warm and fuzzy. Uh, Zach loves to fly. Zadok, they're, they're trialers who we just simply don't know how quick they can actually go mm. in um, in race situations. So Min- um, Mindari, obviously the race experience. Yeah, Mindari. sorry, Mindari is the one I had leading mm. um, with uh, with Luke's our Danny um, coming uh, across and sitting uh, sitting outside. But uh, that always is the concern. But uh, it's a good little push there from Luke, isn't it, Beige? Yeah. So Luke, our Danny um, is she a obviously showed a bit pre in the pre. Christmas two odd races. Is she a filly that you think has the potential to push on to a Karakata play? I think she does. Yep. Um, obviously, we'll learn a lot after after this weekend. Yep. She's obviously she's not wound up because there is other races in mind, but she is forward enough to be to well, to contest in them races. She'd have to be going well in a race like this, I think. Yeah, these most of these do look a rung or two below. Um, the sharper juveniles. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon, Terry? How is this race going to play out? Yeah, again, I, I'm really happy looking at those racing on speed. I, I'm I'm one of those wind Nazis at the moment, and especially early in the day. It's just so hard. Wind, and, and uh, wind lunatics. Wind lunatics, exactly right. I'm a, I'm a wind lunatic. As I've said, most Sundays I'm a wind <laughs> lunatic, but that's in a different manner. Um, but I, I, I just it's just so hard to make ground. As a two-year-old, it's so hard to make ground with an easterly, and it's so hard to make ground with a rail um, when it's so close to the true position. So uh, I, I was looking at Mindari and now Danny. Mindari was the one that probably came up a little bit more value for me at the 11 bucks this morning. Um, that's gone now, and it's around the 6-7. I think, Bert. Yep, yep. Seven dollars best of all. Six fifty. So six fifty probably isn't a bet, to be honest. Um, double close to double figures was, but um, yeah, they're they're the two I'd want to play around. I, I I really did want to take on Watch Me Dance. I think it's probably the best horse um, in this race, but it's a really difficult ride for Ryan Hill. He's probably going to have to. Um, either go back or, or maybe sit deep. It's, he, everything could go right, and he could find a spot midfield. But it's it's really difficult for two year olds to make um, to make good ground. So it's not one I'd be getting into at the shortish quote. Um, but with, yeah, with the weather as well and the changing wind um, prediction or forecast, watch me down. It could be a horse that gets gets out. What's a what's a backable price? Do you think for Watchman? Uh, or you just wouldn't be on it flat out? Yeah, it's not one for me. Basically, okay. yeah, the yeah, there's a few aspects which don't uh, tick a few of my boxes. Um, knowing the stable as you do, Beach, I'd actually just shorten right in front of me. Mm. Um, do you think there's any chance they might be a little bit more thinking? They probably had the best horse in the race, a little bit more aggressive out the gates. Uh, or does it have the ability to do that? 
I think it does have the ability to do that. I would have actually liked to have seen Watch Me Dance land a pair closer in the Magic Millions. I think it would have finished a clear second. But uh, Steve Wolf, uh, the trainer, a good friend of mine, he was of the opinion that she probably would have preferred being back a pair. So I would suspect that she will be- wins those battles, Wolf versus Ryan. Steve, (laughs) every time. So um, I would suspect she'll be midfield at best, maybe a pair further back uh, but okay. sometimes these two-year races are funny especially craig staples he 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 can he he can do this on more than one occasion find the front and slow them up uh which compacts the field so it might even be advantageous to be three wide line move uh moving into the race with momentum if it's mm. a if it's a sort of a jammed up compacted field and that's going to be a sweet spot for watch me dance i believe mm-hmm no, I, uh, I can see where you were coming from there. The only other runner that uh, is of interest to me is Warm and Fuzzy. A uh, couple of nice trials against uh, Big Horse, sorry, Water Horse and, uh, and Surveillance, uh, beat them both. Um, and then came out in a race dominated by horses off speed. Uh, Madame Toro, watch me dance, actually won the race. Um, but it was the only runner that settled forward that actually stuck on. Um, the data doesn't really suggest it should have been uh, a race that suited those off speed. And the data didn't suggest um, that uh, they, they went mad or anything of that nature. But uh, it was the only one that stuck on. So from the better barrier for a stable, it's going well um, at around the $25 mark. That's about double what I've um, I've got him marked as well. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to get too keen here. I think the winner um, will come from one of the first two in Mindari. But uh, let's uh, let's get our Danny up for uh, Mr. Fernie over for here. For our right? guest, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Watch Me Dance is the best horse in the race i think she's uh she's her magic millions third is superior to anything any any of these others have done and from a first starter's point of view i reckon magic of zeus a hundred thousand dollar nicely bred horse from the pierce brothers very hard to gauge a two horse trial the merits of a two horse trial at bunbury but just moved well enough uh it's got the pedigree um good yard Blinkers on, it can. Uh, it looks the best of the first starters for mine. But, beat a um, horse called I'm a Bush Chook as well. I'm so, a Bush Chook. Yeah, that, that's got to be good form, really, doesn't it? <laughs> what a great name, I'm a Bush Chook. So, yeah, interesting race, and this will be a good pointer towards some of the uh, two-year-old races. features that are not far away. Terry. This is our Danny's first start for you, isn't it, Luke? It is, yeah. Yes. It'll yeah. be interesting to see the ferny polish mm. on mine. Yeah, it might go backwards or it might, <laughs> it might improve. All right, race three, we have the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap, over a mile, a uh, pretty oh even bunch. I know there's always plenty of money around for the top weight, Kelly's Gem. Terry had a few choice words uh, to say after they went across the line last start when she was just about a moral beat, Terry. Mm, just can, can she make amends on Saturday without William Pike, CJP, Clint Johnston Porter on board? It's funny you actually uh, you say that, BJ. I wonder who... Uh, wonder who Luke sees as the state's second best jockey at the moment. I'm an unashamed uh, Luke, uh, Luke Cross, Clint Johnston Porter fan. Um, not sure if he's number two at the moment. It's a real cl- close battle. Chris Parnham probably held it quite comfortably for a good period there, and Paul Harvey's obviously uh, pre pre uh, pre Oaks Four. Probably Mitchell Pateman was second. Pre- yes, he was yeah. a clear second for me, um, mainly due to financial reasons. Uh, and um, probably Jade held it for a period there, mm-hmm. without without doubt. Um, that's a bit like that time Dale. Thomas was the best player in the AFL. According that? to Ross Lyon. Yeah, according yes. to Ross Lyon. Yeah, good memory. So, but this, this, is, um, this could be a racing Twitter poll for the 1-1. I think so. I think so. Who's, uh, yeah, who's the, who, you, who would you have as the number two? Obviously, I think Clint does ride very well. 
and I'd be happy to have him on most of my horses. And it goes with saying that Mitchell and Jade do ride a lot for me, so I obviously think that they're very good riders and you can't have them all ride your horses as much as you'd like to. So, And Mitchell and Jade do a lot of work behind the scenes that nobody sees, so you've got to look after them, and they do a really good job the way that they ride for us. What a classy answer that was, wasn't it? Very Didn't he just answer like a professional? Very I was hoping to get something out of him, something like a little, uh, what do you call it, some clickbait out of him there. I answered like, uh, answer like a real yeah, horse trainer. Yeah, that's, that's annoyed me, actually. Um, <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll whack that up on Twitter tomorrow yes. uh, afternoon, and we'll get we'll get a bit of a poll going. That'll create How a bit many of interest. How we have? How many options can we have? I'm not sure. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Five potentially. Okay. So it's going to be generally. It's not that easy to narrow it down to five at the moment. We might such a tight bunch. Well, you can't. I mean, Kyra Yule's riding every winner at the moment. How can we forget uh, Kyra? Yes, well, she's she's flying, and she yeah. might even win this race, Terry. Yeah, hundred percent. Salvara. I don't know if he's going to win this race, but uh, anyway, very very poor horse race. Um, <laughs> I uh, as as you expect, this was the extended nominations race. I think it was in danger of deletion. So a lot of these maybe haven't been. Um, maybe this wasn't the the plan for a lot of these initially. I'd say with horses like uh, Ionics from coming from Albany, Salvara coming from Esperance, uh, War Class coming from Albany. Uh, I don't know whether. Um, Maybe it was a, just a, oh, hang on, there's a $30,000 race at Ascot. No one's nommed for it. We can chuck it in and see how we go here. So I, I'm pretty happy saying that uh, Sakaya goes forward. Uh, I think it'll lead the race. Locker in probably comes to uh, her outside. Um, and then Kelly's Gem will be back last, and it's going to come down to Patton from there. Um, thought Sakaya. We have to we have to respect its improvement in its last two uh, for David Harrison. Um, that Samantha's twitch form isn't horrible. Then came out in the second to playing Marika was a really good run um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a reasonable um, in a far better West Speed Platinum race than this. So I'm happy being um, with Sakaya. Around I've marked a, I've marked a two seventy five, so around the three bucks, three fifty at the moment. Touch and go whether it's a bet or not, but. Um, I am wary of Kelly's gem getting the right run and not being ridden for too much luck here, like it was last start. I am with you, Terry. I think I think this is a perfect race for Sicaria. I actually think Joe has a party who is also in in the discussion for one of the yeah, second yeah, best actually, jockeys yeah. in uh, Western Australia. I really like as a party when he's aggressive, and I think he gets the opportunity to be aggressive early on Sicaria, find the front, try to control the race from there, give a kick. And it's uh, in form, race fit. It's just going to be really hard to get past. So, mm-hmm. and I think the only horse with the the closing speed to get past is probably Kelly's Gem, maybe Street Fair. But I'm happy banking on Sicaria having enough head start on those two to be able to pinch it. Yeah, I'm um, I'm with you there. Any strong opinions, Luke? Just got Wolfie's horse. Just looking at this, would love in a good spot. It's like coming out of a class two, so it's a big step up, but going to lob right behind the leader, do no work and there's not much else in the race that is going to be chasing them down with all due respect to the rest of them but yeah it's, it's the so your um your your father obviously t- keeps um heading down the highway to esperance with with a float full of horses week in week out um you haven't caught any of the selvara replays or anything I have, like that? It, has, yeah. it has been winning quite well actually and i mean major mambo isn't the worst horse in the world and it's won races in Kalgoorlie and It'd probably be competitive in a race like this, so yeah. I can't really see why Salvara can't go well in this. Maybe from barrier six, it might have to end up outside the leader, maybe. Yeah, yeah we'll have to push forward. Which now. sort of might bring it undone a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's got it pretty easily in, in um, Esperance mm-hmm. its last couple. I'm, don't take that. 
This is sort of like a cheap version of the, the country final, isn't it? A few of these clashes. We've got some Esperance, some Albany, uh, or two Albanies, I guess. Yeah, it's a, an interesting uh, interesting race. It is in one of those races. Too, is it Brody's I, first meet without, as in, not an apprentice as well? I uh, know he's had a couple of rides oh, yeah, since. Okay. Yeah. I think the Magic Moons, Pinjaro Day was yeah, his first yeah, yeah. day as an, not an apprentice. But the only other runner I'd like to mention, I reckon is just about ready to improve, is Stephen Miller's runner, Cockatiel. Third up, I thought it ran into a bit of traffic last start. Might, yeah. might be just about ready to show something. But I'm with you. I'm pretty aligned with you on this one, Terry. I reckon this is a really good option, good opportunity for Sicaria. Yeah, that's a, a very easy selection. Uh, on to the fourth event of the day over the 2,100 metres, the, the Vale Lynn Lynch handicap. Um, there was a bit of discussion yesterday. Uh, uh, friend of the podcast, Cole Nowland, was uh, uh, we were having a bit of a yeah, just a discussion about uh, burning pride and on uh, the yes, the merits of because um, obviously I've been fairly uh, vocal in the fact I think it's a, a William Pike horse and the stats suggest uh, that to be the case with six I think Pike's ridden well, I don't think Pike's ridden him. Um, uh, Pike's ridden her, sorry, uh, 10 times for six wins while she's been ridden by f uh, 14 other occasions without a victory. So that is quite damning. Kyle did make a good point, though, in regards to the fact um, a lot of those 14, maybe she wasn't fully wound up or it wasn't uh, it wasn't the race they were completely targeting. So Pike obviously does um, ride her when it's um, when she's ready to go. But I still really feel that uh, this is a horse that... Um, She's still a particular type of horse to ride, and, and at the $2.20 or so, I think you might find we've found our first Leighton Lay of the day. Ooh, Leighton Lays. Yeah. Just I, explain to the listeners, if they would just come on board, where can they find about Leighton's Lays and how can they get involved? Uh, well, if you follow me on uh, on Twitter, I, I chuck up the price of, uh, and tell you what, you want your horse to be on it at the moment. Last week I laid, um, well, they, nobody wanted to take the price, Media Baron and, um, what was an earlier winner in the day? Oh, I can't remember. I laid one earlier and it won. Uh, you laid three and two won, didn't you? Yeah, well, two of them were in the same race. Mm. <laughs> I made sure that one of them couldn't win. Sunny yeah. Silk. Mm. Sunny Silk won earlier in the day, but nobody wanted a bar of that and it actually traded higher. Um, so I'm more just laying as well. Just to, to clarify, I'm not necessarily just laying horses I don't think will win. I'm laying horses I think are under the odds. And I then... Because um, I'm far too opinionated to be a bookie and to be a layer, I'd absolutely do my ass. Um, so I then back them back at the time, hoping I'm getting a bigger price and there's a, a margin there. But recently, I've actually been quite off the boil in that sense, and I've been uh, laying at some unders, and people have been getting some uh, good prices. So uh, yeah, I'd be tuning in, and I might put up um, probably if it's two twenty, two thirty at the moment, we'll put up something closer to three bucks. I think burning pride, but. Um, I just think uh, without Pike going up in distance again, it's going to go have to go back to last. A lot of uh, a lot of risks on this favourite though. Up, she, in, up in weight, up in weight as well though. She is um, she clearly is flying, but um, there's just there's just a lot of risks here. Uh, there's not much speed in this. What did you have leading, Beach? I had your one of your mm. old favourites. Sax on, sax off. We are getting there. Sax on, sax off. Juicing carrots can go forward. Patcherat can go forward if it jumps. I wouldn't be surprised to see them push forward with either Prescience or Navy Blue, one of those two. But mm -hmm. pretty, they were, geez, they were super keen to lead on sacks on, sacks off. First up after a long break the other day, set a pretty blistering speed out in front. They went about nine lengths of our bench. They did. They, they yeah. hummed at Pinjaro. Yeah. So on that, I'm suggesting that they're going straight to the front, sacks on, sacks off. Yeah, well, it looks a really suitable map. We've got the Easterlies in play. Um, Brock Luthwaite. Don't tell me. 
Yeah, 100%. Are we going, we're doing it again? 100%, 100% we are, yeah. I haven't tipped it since that day. And I'd actually lost that race. It got DQ'd uh, for obviously did something a bit naughty. A different trainer that day. I think it was with Rogers at the time. Um, but they went that far above benchmark. It had the two trolls. It'll be fitter now. Um, the, by no means am I tipping this with any degree uh, of confidence. Um, but it's going to lead this race with Easterlies. I've got on its back. So on its back, I've got Pacharak. I've got potentially Prescience coming forward. Um, Juicing Carrots, I don't think it'll be far from them. I don't think that's the strongest brigade of runners. So if Sacks on, Sacks off, it, 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 it's a horse that can go from getting beaten by 20 to winning at its next start. Yeah. That's 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 been its basically how its career's worked. Um, this is as soft a lead as it's ever um, gonna get. It's gonna roll along in front end. Don't get me wrong, this could be gone at the 600. Like, there, there's no doubt this could be the first horse beaten, but it also might not be. Uh, if horses like Here Comes Lenny, Burning Pride, um, uh, Blue Trace, if they have to make sustained runs at it, you just never know. Um, we're gonna get 70, 80 to one. So I don't think we need to have a huge amount on, uh, but I wanna have something on Sacks on, Sacks off. I wanna have something on Blue Tracer. Uh, all campaign has been really good. Uh, first up, hit the line really nicely for Christy Bennett over the unsuitable 1300. Second up, went to the mile, hit the line nicely for CJP. Uh, last start got in all sorts of trouble when going back to the fence and even, um, hit the running rail for Christy Bennett uh, in that same race as Saxon Saxoff. Brad Parnham goes on, he's riding well. This horse under a year ago, um, or maybe about a year ago, ran second to Mississippi Delta in, in a listed race. So this is a far better stayer than uh, his career record suggests and should not be 35 to one in a race lacking much depth. So want to have something on Saxon Saxoff at 70 to one, want to have something on Blue Tracer at 35 to one. Want the main investment on here comes Lenny at about the $4.50. Think it's um, second up, cherry ripe to go. Uh, Noski will probably make his move. At about the 600, it's showing that it can sustain a bit of a run. And I just think it looks probably the classiest stayer in this race with Morning Song having the bar shoes on, which is a worry. Mm. BJ, that's it. My spiel's over. Thank yeah, you for listening. Yeah, I like it, Terry. You, it's almost like you're winding back the clock to your P, <laughs> PTT, Perth Turf Talk Probably days. I used to tick winners, yeah. Sacks on, sacks off. So a bit of value there for the listeners. Speaking of Morning Song and bar plates, just want to bring Luke in as punters and form analysts we look at bar plates and it's a massive deterrent can you just explain to us why are they necessary and um how do they impact performance um from your point of view yeah we haven't really used bar shoes as such but you can use different types of shoes you can put pads on or things like that which are pretty much the same as a bar obviously there's been something that's niggling the horse doesn't necessarily have to mean there's been a big problem there, but the horse is probably more comfortable with the bar shoe on. Um, I th I don't see it as a deterrent because if they've got them on, they're feeling better than what they would be with a normal shoe on. So when I see it, I know they, there could have been an issue there, but I mean, when was its last start? The 8th of February, so it's had a couple of weeks. I don't think it'll affect the horse. I know Grant Alana do a great job, so they wouldn't send a horse to the races that couldn't win. Yeah, that's the thing, especially with the, those colours as well. You probably trust it. They're not going to. Um, they're not sort of trying to uh, grab cash or trying to pick up a first prize check. It's probably not the end of the world. Horse welfare and um, a sound horse is probably the most important thing for them, isn't it? So, so I, I have spoken to jockeys about bar bar shoes in the past, and and I wasn't aware of that. There's a lot of horses actually wear bars during the week, 
and then at track work during the week and then they actually race um i guess normal normal plates on on race day so so the idea of a bar plate is just to take the pressure off the horse's heel and off the base of the base of the foot so it could mean that the people that have them during the week are working on a harder surface where they don't want to bruise the foot or the heel so obviously racing ascot belmont places like that you you're not going to hit the ground hard because it's going to be a nice surface on top so that's probably the best way to explain something like that happening so in kalgoorlie i imagine it's a firmer surface than what what we get down here how how do you how do your horses get around feet issues there do you use pads more because you say you don't use bars is that right mainly pads yeah pads is the way to go and if they do need a bar the way that we train them we don't start them if there is anything more sinister than needing the pad on to, to get them to a race okay so with that in mind and um and morning songs also without pike she seems to be a a, a pike horse as well so we've got burning pride and morning did we song. Well for chris graham two starts ago did yeah her best her best results are with the wizard on board as with most horses i suppose but um so have you what, what are your thoughts on this race luke just having a quick look um anything are you aligned with terry is there anything that's caught your eye i don't think many people will be aligned <laughs> with me here to be honest uh i actually follow morning song quite closely and i think it's a i think it's a really good horse so it, I think it was in the box seat when Willie won on it in, at Bunbury maybe five starts ago. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's not a great amount of pace here. And with Barrier 2, if it does jump, it should just lob there. I know Bob's horses aren't normally in the first four, but it might not have a choice in this race. I've, I think it'd be silly to go back to last or near there. If there's a race with, with no speed on, you can sit up the backside of a, a sax on, sax off. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm um, so Luke's with Morning Sun Song. I am with you, Terry. My major go here is Here Comes Lenny. I like him. He he, he likes to have a freshen, and then he usually his, his best runs are his first two after a freshen or something like that. So he was big in the Narragin Cup. He's going to be fitter. Gave Burning Pride the card out, didn't it? You did give yeah. Burning Pride the card out. That was Wizard Perfect yeah, at was, his first. Was, yeah. um, fitter. 2100 is a winner this track and distance it, this this looks set up nicely for for here comes Lenny. the only other horse i'd like to mention which i reckon might be able to run a cheeky race down on 53 kgs prescience for campbell mccallum on the quick backup was three wide no cover throughout in that funny old staying race to end the day last saturday no surprise to see prescience bob up at a price race number five julian mike's birthday handicap happy birthday julian mike mm. Um, did you get an invite? I did not. No, 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 Lost no. in the mail. No, 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 no. <laughs> we see the return of Boom Sprinter. This will test you, who hasn't been seen since the bubble was burst 56 days ago. Ascot on the 28th of December. Terry, just it seems a case of this will test you. Bouncing, leading, railing, leading, winning. Yeah, well, I was just, me and Luke were just discussing it before and um, obviously the tactics on Catherine Wheel will be to come out and have a crack and uh, and try and, and get across, but um, this will test has been pretty consistent out of the machines. Um, while she does have some tricks, mm-hmm. um, no doubt, uh, she's been very quick out of the machines. If she jumps here, she just wins. I mean, I, I don't really bet sub $2, but I took the dollar eighty this morning and that's a, probably a sign of um, how good. It's just basically her numbers and, and she's quite foolproof. Um, in regards to the fact she jumps and runs over the thousand meters so they learnt their lesson 
uh, at her start before a spell when um, Pikey tried to ride her a little bit cute and tried to hold her up and sit yeah. her outside of Caracapo. What did you think about that, Luke? Was that a fact-finding mission on the stable's behalf, or do you think they they were they were they balked or blinked or in, see, in that moment? Do you think Pikey might have had a brain fart? Oh, I think it could be. <laughs> Combination yeah, of it could three. be a combination. I mean, you don't always want your horse to be one-dimensional. Yeah. And there was talk of the horse going east, and sometimes in a race you're not going to get everything your way and you become unstuck. If you send them to the front all the time, you just yeah. become very predictable. So, I mean, if she could have sat outside Caracapo that day and won, well, it would be a completely different story to what we're talking about here. But you got to learn from the horse, and it could have just been the fact that she went to the races the week before and, cooked herself a little bit and just wasn't happy where she was at. She might have been working good and felt good, but sometimes not right in, in the headspace. Which, which seems to be the key with this horse, doesn't it? It, yeah, it, it has all the talent in the world. It's just uh, the, the Adam Durant and his team have the job of getting this mare's head right to be able to put her best hoof forward on race day, which taking all that into consideration, taking the learnings out of her shock last start defeat when $1.30, Chris Parnham gets her first look, gets his first look rather at uh, at this super fast mare. Surely it's just she just has to jump and it's game over. Yes, hundred percent. In uh, in a very quick summary, I, none of these will get near. It doesn't matter what happens behind her if she jumps and runs. Uh, Adam wouldn't be sending her to the races unless um, he had her right and ready to win. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, if she jumps, um, basically, if you're if you're backing another horse, mm -hmm. you're just um, and I, I guess Catherine Wills, the the other runner, you could probably really back um, with the fifty one and a half. Uh, if you're backing any other horse, you're just hoping she doesn't step. That's what you're taking on, basically. And um, she's been pretty foolproof at all public appearances, trials, and races thus far. So, um, Chrissy should Parham's, be winning. Chrissy Parham's good out the gates as well. So, yeah. um, wouldn't be taking the dollar fifty though. That's a, a little bit thin for a troublesome mare at times. But um, just purely because I don't really bet at a dollar fifty. But, so, uh, favorite out. Who runs second? Uh, Catherine Will, 51 and a half, yeah. If this will test you goes as quick as I, I think you'll probably let it roll. Um, I think Chris will probably just um, pop onto the back of Chris uh, Parnham, uh, Graham onto the back of um, Parnham at 51 and a half will um, tag her for a while and probably finish about three lengths off her. Okay. I, I reckon Catherine Will might get a bit cooked chasing this. Uh, this will test you. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, I'd like to see a uh, horse Beethoven in action, bit of a whatever happened to Beethoven, mm. hasn't been seen since the 2019 size produce where beating a length and a half behind You think there could be a bit of a snip. crescendo late, do you, BJ? Uh, it's, it looks a nice Beethoven. horse. Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> boom, boom. Very nice, Terry. Mm. So, trolled up really nicely behind Caracapo recently at Belmont. Beethoven looks to have a bit of class about it, three-year-old taking on the older horses. And I think State Attorney will be doing its best work late. It'll appreciate the strong tempo. It pulls very hard in less than a slower than average tempo races, back to a thousand. It could be running on into second perhaps, but this looks like this will test you all the way. Yeah. Can you get a beaten Luke? Nah, I don't think so. I, I know a couple of boys that actually own a share in it, so I, I don't really want it to get beaten, but I think Shinju actually would run and drum in that race. Yes. I'm pretty. Well, Shinju chased pretty hard behind. I'm pretty um, confident that Shinju would run in the would run in the first three in that sort of race, and you're taking a dollar sixty now. I think is it dollar fifty. Even worse, and Shinju is two fifteen or two twenty to run a drum. So probably a uh, more value selection in that yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm very clever on that behalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's. Uh, We've got to be 
very exciting to see this will test you back. Uh, if she does what everyone expects her to do, um, it's going to open up that conversation on what they do with their necks. So mm-hmm. uh, exciting times ahead for everyone involved with that particular horse and probably some nervous times as well. But um, it's time to, before we start the quaddy, Terry, the late quaddy, it's time for our WA Racing Mastermind competition mm. sponsored by the Mundaring Hotel. We have four questions as usual. Are you ready? Always. Let's do it. What year, so obviously the detonator stakes being the feature at Ascot on Saturday, what year did the champ detonator win the railway stakes? This is going back a bit, so you're going to have to get your Miller's Guides out, punters. So what year did detonator that's in, that's in before my time, that one. <laughs> win the railway stakes? Question two, Star Exhibit has won 12 races. How many of those have been with Peter Hall in the saddle? Question three, Blackheart Bar, what a champ. He is racing at Caulfield on Saturday, but he did win a Pinjaro Classic back in the day. What year did Blackheart Bar win a Pinjaro Classic and who was the jockey? Question four, with our guest here, who was Luke Fernie's first winner? What horse was Luke Fernie's first winner as a trainer? and who was the jockey on that occasion. If you know the answers to all four questions, you're in the, in the running for a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel, please direct message, direct message punters, your answers to us at the 1-1-Pod. And, uh, and yeah, the, uh, the winner will be announced on Twitter after 5 p.m. on Monday afternoon. Terry. Very good. Race six. Yeah, the first leg of the quaddy and probably one of the more interesting watches uh, for the Pike versus the rest discussion here with um, Peter Hall replacing him on Inspirational Girl, BJ. That's right. This is going to be fascinating. It could end up being a Cerise and White quaddy. Mm, I think they've got, I think they've got yeah. all four favourites in the last in, in the last four races of the day. So this is going to be interesting to see how other riders handle um, the occasion when they've given been given the opportunity to, to show what they're capable of with Pike uh, attempting to conquer Caulfield with regal power on Saturday. So it does, does, does look a pretty foolproof ride from gate five for Peter Hall, an inspirational girl though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. One thing I just wanted to touch on before we get stuck into uh, the individual main chances in this race, the horse called Spirit and Fire. Mm. Um, and I don't know, look, did you see its last start in, uh, it was in the country somewhere? Bunbury. Uh, Bunbury. Um, it basically, it's a horse that has always been racing over 1,200, recently stepped up to 1,400. Uh, a couple of times. It's actually won over 1,400 in the past, actually. So um, maybe it has raced over a little bit further in the past. But um, they Pikey uh, picked up the ride. They went forward on it. I don't know if that was uh, 100% the plan. And it just fought him the entire way. It went a mile above benchmark. Um, it was. I thought it was a huge effort to run second, considering how much it just fought Pike the entire way. It was basically a tearaway leader. Well, so I look at this and I I don't know what the plans will be. And Mitchell goes back on here. It's racing at the mile again. Surely you just channel bow count here. It has to lead, doesn't it? No, I reckon you try. I reckon if I was a spirit and fire connection, I'd be saying to Mitch, obviously to got to be circumspect to some degree. I'd try and put 10 on him. 
I know that's a tactic we can pick on a little bit and we call Bocan a bit of a bush runner at times because of the way uh, he goes about it, but it's very hard to punt on those type of races because horses get off the bit quickly. It's basically, I, I call it a Bocan race. It's a different type of horse race. Um, you need a horse that can sustain. That's why you and I won that race. I beat home Stevie's Wonder and Smith. It was probably better horses, but you and I is a tougher horse. And it was and in the spot, wasn't it? And it was in the spot. Exactly mm. right. So that that's what makes this race to me really interesting what will happen on Spirit and Fire and how that changes the complexion of this race. First look at this race, that was the, the first question that I had mm. on my list was, what's the tactics with Spirit and Fire? Yep. Because it's just, it went so well leading the other day um, compared to its previous form that it's you're almost compelled to go again, surely. If, if, if I knew they were going to let it run and let it roll, um, I think it's around about the uh, $40 mark, uh, I'd want to be on. Like, again, I'm not saying uh, I think it'll win the race. It's a class-wise a long way below these, but this that type of uh, jump and run and stun them tactics um, can find so many horses, uh, can just find so many out. So um, I really hope that is the plan on the horse. We did, um, we did see that one day. We were having that discussion earlier, Terry. Fath Noxious at yeah. uh, Ascot, 1,500 metres, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Randy Tan, tearaway leader. Uh, got the better of an odds-on favourite on that occasion by the name of Galaxy Star. That went all right, didn't it? So this might be a fat noxious type race. Yeah, potentially, potentially. But again, I, I don't know if they will be the tactics, um, but I would be uh, advising that way uh, if anybody actually listened to me. So um, very interesting in that sense. Skin and Tins is a horse I've mentioned, by the way, Veg, that I've been really keen on um, when I got to a mile from a good gate um, with Jade's claim on. and Malia McNaught? Malia McNaught, don't even have to do the form. Uh, uh, and it's got that here, but unfortunately, it does run into Inspirational Girl. Um, while Pike isn't riding, I think she's pretty foolproof. Mm. Um, I know she settled last or near last um and a near, well, near last at her first and second up runs but that was from barrier 10 and 13. at her two debut runs last campaign she drew good gates and pike settled her just behind the yeah, speed so one, i don't think one one i think I'm yeah so i don't think hawley will be um will be jagging her out to last from the gate she probably settles in about sixth and i just think with normal luck she probably just beats them i did want to try and get her beaten here um with pikey off but um i marked her a dollar eighty but my notes say if Pike was riding, she probably would have been a dollar forty-five in my book. So um, mm -hmm. I have allowed for Pike's absence in my dollar eighty. Sure. Um, but yeah, I can't really go much further than that. I think it's a race between um, if there's any chinks in her armor or something does go wrong with Hawley on. Uh, I think it's a race between Paddy Shadow, Skin and Tins, and Black Shadow, who will appreciate Chloe going back on, um, back down to the mile. Go forward. Yes, I think hundred percent. But what, um, what would you do with um, Spirit and Fire, Luke? Uh, without watching its last start, I just look at it and see scoreline. I know a young apprentice is riding that who does like to. The horse has been what well, did lead in the Norwegian Cup for a little bit, but mm -hmm. other than that, it doesn't look to be a great amount of speed. And if something's worked, well, there's no point really changing it. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyway. And if you can get in front of scoreline with spirit and fire and half, slow them up. If the horse will come back underneath Mitchell, it could put the favourite in a bad spot. Mm. I mean, from barrier five, she does get back. We all know that the Peters horses do get back, and some of the horses that she might have to push out the way could be roadblocks. Roadblocks, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I think, anyway. And it doesn't necessarily 
just because they led once doesn't mean they're always going to do it, which is a hard thing to line up as a yeah, punter as well. Exactly right. It's like a... This is, uh, let's call this the uh, Mervyn over a mile race. That's what I want to see here. I want to see them treat this like they're, uh, they're on Mervyn, but uh, obviously over a little bit further. Yeah, for me, if it's a normal horse race, bo- <laughs> not a normal horse so race, not <laughs> bow count horse race, I think Inspirational Girl just yep. wins. The only way they're going to beat her is if someone tries something. It shows a bit of dare. Well, it's spirit and fire. And that's it has the, to that's be the only one, yeah. Unless Black Shadow. Black Shadow is not a real quick muster early, though, and takes a while to get into it. So I don't know if it's got the ability to do that. So. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty keen. Inspirational girl. You taking a dollar eighty? No. I, yeah. I, I reckon people will be, with no offense to Hawley, but there's going to be layers on Betfair who will mm-hmm. push. I'm positive they'll push this mare out. I think Cripp's, um, I think Cripp's one of them, actually. Yeah. So if you want more than a dollar eighty, maybe uh, we'll tag him in this yeah. uh, afterwards. I think he was mentioning earlier he might be happy taking it on. Inspirational girl, late Betfair looks looks the way to go for me. I think the biggest danger is Abby Lane. Abby Lane was four and five deep the entire Pinjarra the other day. Paul Harvey didn't knock him around late. The run was full of merit. Prior to that was huge behind Media Baron and Serenity Bay at Ascot over the 1400 metres. Abby Lane is um, is, the, is the second selection for me, but I'm pretty keen inspirational girl late, Betfair. I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly what I think I'll be looking at. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to get involved here just because of what I think Spirit and Fire might do. Um, and if we get some type of confirmation, that's how it will be ridden. Um, I'd be happy specking it at 40 to 1. Again, mm. probably gone at the 400 and probably going to run last. But um, I'm always, if I know there's going to be a tear away later, I was always a, a big Kirov Boy follower throughout its career. I loved Kirov Boy. You'd have 15 losses in a row, then, king, you'd, win, uh, then you'd win at 80 to 1. The king, that's the thing. King you, Arthur. The, the biggest key in the way I punt is being, uh, being willing to lose a lot, basically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, your wins might be a bit more sparing, but uh, I, I find that uh, it, it's um, it's value if, if, if we know that's what it's going to do. But there's a big if on that as well. Good. All right, over to you, Mitchell Pateman and Mark Bairstow. We'll mm. see uh, We'll see what the fellas come up with. And there was no hotter combination around this time last year, Terry, and I think you were the beneficiary of some of their oh, uh, huge, results yeah. this time last year. Yeah, that was a, a very enjoyable little period. And... Uh, Pateman and Fernie as well. Yes, there that's was, true. Uh, yeah, that was probably as uh, dynamite uh, an ROI would have had with a jockey and trainer combination ever for a, a reasonably sustained period. You can of time, just tell so. that Mitch is getting the the eye of the tiger back recently. Yeah, I 100%. think I think he's definitely trending uh, upwards in his um, in his results anyway. So hundred percent. How, how is it with um, getting um, Mitch on your horse with the weight? Because he what does he ride at now? About fifty eight. Yeah, fifty eight. Probably oh, 57 and a half is probably he's desperate. The, yeah, is the lowest at the at the minute. I know he's trying to work work that down. So hopefully, how tall is he? He's the best part of six compared foot, to the other jockeys yeah. that, that you stand him up against. He is quite tall, but yeah, if he could get down to 56, I think he'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I think I think that's a good weight for him to ride, but. Whether his body allows him to do that, I mean, there's no point if your body can't allow you to kill yourself over it. And I know Mitchell tries hard to to get down to that weight, but it just doesn't happen. It's a hard game. Not many people want to stop growing, do they? (laughs) No, that's true. I couldn't go without eating for three hours, let alone three days. Good stuff. All right, so moving on to the feature, race seven, the detonator stakes listed race over 1,800 metres. 
And the set weights plus penalties conditions is the big talking point because it just pitches in dual Perth Cup winner Star Exhibit who actually won this race in a canter last year. So Star Exhibit gets in with 59.5. Everything else is pretty poorly weighted comparatively when you're taking their um, official handicapping ratings, internal handicapping ratings into consideration. Well, they should all be getting uh, at worst. I think Wrinkley is the next highest rater. Yes, confirming. Um, Wrinkley should be getting eight and a half kilos off Star Exhibit and get three. three and the yeah. rest of them should all be getting far more than the eight and a half kilos. So, so on weights and measures? On weights and measures, in every sense. Like, even if you can't even find a real strong danger here, like you're talking. The big show was scratched um, from the Narragin Cup with an issue, I believe. Um, that was a, with a hoof abscess, I think, which was just the week ago. How how do you how do you deal with that? If a, if a horse has had a how big a deal is having a hoof abscess a week ago? How much work would have the big show likely have missed? Uh, how would they have got it right for this? What, what how how can you feel as a punter about taking a horse that was scratched? Um, was it a week or two weeks ago? The Narrative Cup. It was Sunday week. Sunday week. Yeah. Um, with a hoof abscess recently. Uh, each, each trainer is different. Some. Think stop working the horse and just concentrate on getting the the abscess out, and we try and work the horse through it. Okay. Um, get blood circulation down to their feet. Um, swimming, and you just it's just a, more of a waiting game. You have a poultice on them to to try and draw it out. And do you have to change their feed at all in those uh, circumstances? Some people do. It just depends how you how you feed. Yeah. Um, the way we feed, we didn't have to when when these things occur. Um. Being in Kalgoorlie on the red dirt, it doesn't occur as much because in the in the wider sand, their feet cook a little bit more because the heat doesn't escape from it. So we haven't had that many that many cases of it, thankfully, and I hope they don't occur anytime soon. But I don't think a horse like this, and knowing the way that Darren trains his horses, are fit. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't send the horse to the races if it wasn't fit. Yeah, no, I agree. He's a bit of a master at um, getting horses to race, uh, not that this is, but racing sort of fresh over 1,800, 2,000, whatnot. The amount of winners he gets uh, with the sort of the European style of training, I guess, to some degree, is uh, it's very impressive. So, yeah, no, I think we can um, we can call the big show probably the biggest danger. Um, a, for the fact that he's going to go forward, probably races on the outside of Wrinkley, who will probably, Brad will probably try and be a little bit more circumspect on a horse who is going to be obviously questioned um, at the 1800 it's probably questionable at the mile really so um, the 1800 they won't want to be going uh, helter skelter uh, out in front sometimes um, you don't have a choice with Wrinkley though do you no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, exactly, it's either that or you fight him the entire way so yeah. Um, but yeah I, I I made a little case for Red Publisher tagging in. I thought Red Publisher was a, a, a nice effort last start behind Lord Help Me Run. Probably should have finished closer when, when Jade couldn't really get off um, the back of the leaders uh, as quickly as she would have liked in the straight then. But again, it's a horse having its first go past the mile at uh, at the at eight years old. It's I just you can't no, see no, no weight relief either. No, it's no, it's not pretty um, from the weight scale. So. Oh look, I I don't want to. I've I've marked Star Exhibit a dollar eighty five. So at the current two twenty, it's just about a bet. But I I don't really want to get involved here, to be honest, BJ. I'm going to tip Star Exhibit, but I'm I don't think I'm really going to have a bet here, to be honest. Yeah, I'm tipping I'm tipping Star Exhibit as well. All things being equal, should just win. Can can give you a chance though, because it's regularly slow out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it bungles the start and gives them gives them a look, it. Um, 
things can go wrong, but uh, all things being equal, should win. I've got equally marked as my second, uh, I've, I've bunched The Big Show and Arctic Stream up as my second selection. I reckon Arctic Stream is gonna be a big improver, pulled its head off when facing the breeze in a small field at Pinjarra the other day, fresh. I think a Norton bit goes on. Paul Harvey's gonna give it a nice mother from gate forward, four rather. I reckon he's gonna be the big improver. Was a $13 chance in the Perth Cup and only beaten just over two lengths. So, he, um, and prior to that, um, probably should have won the ATA stakes at listed level. So Arctic Stream looks the big improver for me, but- $4.20 is a bit thin, isn't it? Very thin, yeah. Right. yeah. So I was looking more, I was around the 6 or $7 mark for Arctic Stream. Yeah, I think I got him double figures, but that's because everything was a lot longer because of what I uh, Mark star exhibit. But uh, yeah, just looks a class. You'd think, Luke? Uh, you'd think so. You look at his form, Regal Power KC, Regal Power Mississippi Delta. <laughs> so the thing with the star exhibit situation is everything after this is a handicap in the programming. So this is if this is the race that they've targeted. Mm-hmm. Like he'll win this. Um, because everything after that is uh, Pinjaro Bunbury Cups is going to be asked to carry 60, like 60, 62 kilos, yeah. something like that. So this is this is the race that Peter's investment would have targeted and Adam will have him cherry ripe and he should just win. Yes, he should just win. All right, let's move on to what's probably the race of the day, I would say. Yeah. Um, the all signs, all flags, signs and banners handicap. Good little marketing uh, ploy there for all flag signs and, and banners. Uh, I am interested what your thoughts are on Celebrity Queen here, uh, Bernard. I'm sure we're all probably going to agree it's the best horse in the race, but from by, barrier... By, by some margin. By I'm some saying, margin, yeah. yes. But from barrier 11, um, she will go back to last with more weight, uh, without William Pike on and against in my opinion, a far better field than she faced uh, at Pinjarra. Can she win? She can win. Will she win? I'm taking her on. Yeah, me too. It, this, is, this is the one I think that the, the market will um, maybe look to, to take on. Yep. Um, as, as far as I'm concerned, this has, the, this has the, all the hallmarks of a flashing second. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Get back, swoop, and just miss. So if that's the case, I'm looking at trying to find a horse who's going to land first four in running, uh, who's going to turn a foot, who'll be able to pinch a bit of a march on the fave and just be able to do enough late. Is that what you're looking for, Terry? Are we on? No, it is actually what I'm looking for. Exactly right. Are we on heck watch again, are we? I'm on heck watch. Mm, I'm not, but... I'm on heck watch. This is probably sounds a little bit wild coming out of a, a maiden midweek maiden win. Good win, but uh, one well. But I think X Celestial will give this a big shake. Has gate speed, so could can land first four and running from the good draw. Miss Kentucky probably leads Terry, or actually Specialism might might fire up fire up oh, and lead. Specialism can be a bit sloppy out of the machines it as well. It can do, but regardless, I think this horse is going to land in the first four or five. I don't think they're going to go overly quick, so she's going to be coiled up, let loose with some brilliant sectional times when winning first up the other day. If she's coiled up fourth, fifth, lets down in a similar fashion, that turn of foot's gonna um, make things very interesting on the day. And that means what Celebrity Queen, what sort of times is Celebrity Queen gonna have to run to win? With an an easterly Is it even, is it even, um, possible, equinely possible to, to make it from a mathematics point <laughs> of view. Equinely possible. So uh, us, is, us three could do it. This but, is uh, very whether, this, whether a horse can or not. I don't know. This is a very intriguing race. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. Tactics, Tommy Blue, forward, back, forward. Yeah, I think yeah. forward. Oh, too. I think they'll want to pinch a march on 
the five. Yeah, I think so too. Um, that that's the most important aspect of this race for me. If Tommy Blue can find a spot, say a lot needs to go right, but say she can find the um, the one one, um, she'll be so hard to beat from there. That run against Cryptic Wonder was huge. Uh, Monstrous. The maiden form around, she's got merit. Wasn't great. Uh, it was a tough run first up. Should have won. Considering, yeah, yeah should have won. Just considering the work, it was just a, a really huge effort. So um, with some luck, I think she'll be hard to beat. The one I want to watch is a horse that the notifications just come through the bar. She's off. Um, rewrite the stars. The race book hasn't got that in there. So uh, take note. But um, I, I am. I was waiting till Darren maybe until we saw a, maybe a Chris Parnham or a William Pike go on board. Um, but I think rewrite the stars is a serious racehorse. Um, Travis Murray just got involved as well. So good luck to the uh, podcast. Yes, uh, the 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 original mastermind. Mm. The, the OG. The O yeah, the OG yeah. Um, huge effort at Bunbury. Uh, Fairview, it was only a class three, and you go, oh, class three fillies and mares, Bunbury, that's not crash hot form. But Fairview probably was stiff not to win um, a 72 plus two starts ago against Chicks Pick um, on a Saturday. So, so Ben Patterson got held up the majority uh, of the straight, got out late, only went hands and heels, probably erred maybe and not whip, pulling the whip out. and giving her a, a little slap late. But I think this is a serious racehorse. That effort against Windstorm, um, where they cleared out from the remainder of the field. Lace Winsky ran third in that race, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the form line really stacks up. I, I'm worried what happens map-wise here. I, I don't think he'll be able to hold out. Uh, she'll be able to hold out Miss Kentucky, um, mm -hmm. who I know the stable have a pretty big opinion of. But Ben can stalk her or even just pull straight to her outside. I think Rewrite the Stars is a really, really nice racehorse. Um, I'm not going to get too bullish here because, as I said, I, I probably do want to see a, a maybe a, a Chris Parnham or if it's going to carry more weight in a different race, a Mitchell Pateman or, or Pike go on. But um, I think it's 26s to 13s about 20 minutes ago. So the price has gone. I didn't actually do that myself either. I was going to wait till the end of this to back it. So thanks for that, BJ, for holding me up. Um, <laughs> but I think Rewrite the Stars can run a race. Uh, I think Tommy Blue can run a race. I think Miss Kentucky can run a race. Uh, I think this is a great horse race and not one that I have a real strong opinion in. I think if Miss Kentucky crosses those inside and Tommy Blue lands outside leader, that might almost be the right spot for it. Well, that'll put Miss Kentucky leading Tommy Blue outside the lead, rewrite the stars probably back of the leader, maybe mm -hmm. with Ex-Celestial 1-1. That's four pretty good horses that Celebrity Queen has to run down. Um, I don't know if she'll be able to run all four down. Especially swooping as well. Yeah. Um, Rail out three. This is this is going to be a massive test for a Celebrity Queen who, whatever she does on Saturday, I, I expect her to probably win enlisted company next up mm -hmm. so this is no reflection on her talent this is just map this is just circumstances and this is what racing is all about luke do you think this fave can get wrong no i reckon it'll win i reckon it'll win i think it's a very very good horse i think that sometimes in these races there's horses that not the holy ghost it has led over a thousand meters before it's drawn wide you look at other horses that probably could kick up and try hold a couple other horses out, and I just think if something she does get a split somewhere, there's no way in the world that them horses will hold her out. I think she probably could have been on the plane with them ones. Mm. Yeah, yeah, going east. I agree with that. But as as they do, they send them through the grades and do everything properly the way that it should be done as the as the rating system shows you to do. And speaking of the rating system, she got four points for winning the other day. Have you ever seen a horse 
a more meritorious win than when she beat oh, Morgs Freeman all at the handicappers, All the handicappers, this is this could be a Terry Tantrum. All the handicappers look at is uh, the distance of victory. That's that's the worst part. Like, like if uh, it wasn't a five you, or you six should, point as a win. jockey, I don't know what you'd do. Like, it'd, be, it'd be interesting actually. So say you've got um, Zeebel's one of your really quick horses, right? So Zeebel goes out over a thousand twelve hundred meters in a race. You're pretty confident it's going to win quite easily. Do you tell the jockey? Um, this is a genuine question. But knowing if you win by four lengths, you might get six points. If you win by a length you'll just get the four ratings points right obviously you want to get as few as possible would you tell the jockey make sure you don't win it by too much i know that's being overconfident i know know what you're saying and it has come into discussion before because i think we had a horse i can't remember the name of it it got six points for winning one day and windstorm won that day and got four and got four points and it's only just one yes it's madness yeah, the times that Windstorm runs and they give it four points and another horse beat a field of plebs really and yep. you get six points for it. So it is done to their discretion. And well, it's purely just on margins, isn't well, it? That's I, the thing. I, it I doesn't just, matter. Just, if you, you could be last at the 100 and run the quickest last 200 of all time but just win by a lip and you'll just get the minimum amount of points. Um, but if you clear from, from out in a race of nothing. Merit-based handicapping, you don't see more meritorious wins than Celebrity Queen. It's not merit-based. It come from last and it won with the handbrake on. Like, if that wasn't a five or six penalty, like, Should point penalty win, then, but regardless, like, that's that's a bit of a side discussion but i should um, have both me and luke sitting on it next star so uh, like me just like piggybacking on the back of luke and uh, that that would have been probably a fair uh, penalty from that win vj anyway we'll see we'll see how good she is on saturday and and uh peter hall let's see what the uh, the old fella can can whip out on uh, on saturday and um maybe if there's a three wide line forming oh, 100 uh, maybe if they don't go as quick as we think they're going to go out in front which is a potential she could be like Breathing fire at the top of the straight, and if she's within two or three lengths of the leader, it would would not surprise me if Luke gets a better of us here because I reckon that uh, this might be one of those situations where me and you are trying to 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 get the best horse beaten, and um, yeah, there's there's a reason they're uh, as good as we think they are. Okay, that's uh, very interesting. What? Yeah, Terry's right. This is the best race of the day. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Well, I'm looking forward to the last, mainly because we can uh, talk to Luke uh, about his runner, Mr. Genoa, in the Crown Sports Bar Handicap. Are you talking about the Crown Sports Bar Handicap or are you talking about the Get Out Stakes, Terry? Oh, sorry, VJ, the Get Out Stakes, of course. We actually have, we should get it named to Get Out Stakes, aren't we? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we've got to discuss it off here, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Sidebar. Yes, um, so you, you explain it. Market City Meats, largest retail butcher shop in Perth. They sponsor the Get Out Stakes, very popular Twitter-based competition. So very simply, select who you think is going to win race nine at Ascot on Saturday and a decimal winning margin at the 1-1 pod on Twitter. Get your entries in. Remember, it's a jackpot this week, $100 worth of premium beef up for grabs from Market City Meats. So don't forget to get your entries in prior to start time on Saturday. Yeah, so we've got race nine. It's the Crown Sports Bar Handicap to end the day. 1,200 metres graduation handicap. Our man, Luke Fernie, has his stable star, Mr. Genoa, engaged and has uh, given Jay McNaught a difficult assignment. Gate 13, Luke, what's the what's the strategy? How do you think the big fella will go on Saturday? And um, what do you make of his first up performance? I was very happy with his first up run. Um, I actually looked at the race and I nominated him for the thousand meter I race, which the the good one was in, and I thought I'd better just 
steer clear from that. I thought if I put him in a thousand, he mightn't pull as hard. And just looking at the weights when they come out on Tuesday when I was bidding on horses, I thought I might have been able to bounce him out and see if he could lead. But since I've looked at the final fields, there looks to be a little bit more speed in it than what I first thought. But we'll have to just see how things are panning out on Saturday to to where we go with him. I think I think if they if they win all day up front, they're going to go hell to leather. And sometimes when that happens, you can just slot in behind him and they've over, overcooked it in front and we should yeah, be able to run over the top of him. So I think that's probably the best way to play it. I think we'll be um, just waiting to see. If they go hard all day and they're always winning in front, well, someone's got to overdo it at some point and hopefully it'll be in that race where I can get Jade and Jade gets a little bit of luck to slide him in and hopefully he's good enough to peel out and run over the top of him. So first up the other day... Um we spoke at length about that race. That was uh, that was an interesting race to assess in the preview with free trade, Mr. Genoa and some sort who eventually was, was scratched. Mr. Genoa, slow away, obviously didn't find the position he want, traffic issues late. What was the feedback from the wizard after the race? Uh, he was just disappointed that we didn't quite get the run through. Um, the horse was a little bit antsy in the gates, which he has been his last couple. So that's the only sort of query I have in my mind, wanting to bounce him out if we can. Has he missed it before? He, he has. He, he has a couple of times. Not real bad, but um, his last start was the worst. He's done it. He sort of scrambled out. But he does muster quite quick. So being out there, if we did want to press the button and send him around, I think he'd cover these pretty easily and get to the front. Yep. Yeah, he, he's almost better drawn in that spot. I, I think so too. Just free bowling. He's a big boy. Um, he led Nimeroff one day in Kaguli and Nimeroff had lead this field on his ear. So yep. if he jumps, I've got no question that he'd lead him. Sitting out, it's, it's an interesting race speed map-wise and it's one I could imagine for you would be very difficult to assess because there's some horses we don't know exactly what their intentions will be. She's a light, took a sit last start, um, Emma Stent rode a treat. I reckon they'll be somewhat content to do the same if, if there's any pressure applied. Akiko's starting for a new trainer, has been quick, but then for its last few starts... Um, isn't, isn't isn't really a lead at all costs though, Akiko, is she? No, that's what I'm saying. It's last mm. few starts for Sarah Childs, um, my mate. It, um, it starts... Uh, it took a sit actually um, on a couple of those runs so it'll be interesting it's trial it went forward but that was only a, a smallish field and then got Nanga Parbat who will definitely go forward I think and was actually quicker than Lipstick Flickers out the machine last start but um, was forced to hand up when the Naconian came across and sat in front of yep. Nanga Parbat yep. um, so and then you got Lipstick Flickers who we think the stable might be more content taking a sit potentially as well so it, it's an interesting one um, if if you do ping the lids, as as Luke alluded to, it, it might be, um, and Jade feels confident to get it to the top, there's there's a potential the top could be on offer, but that is... Um, Even outside Nanga Parbat, maybe? So, yeah, outside Nanga uh, Parbat, yeah. yeah. It, it's very interesting um, in that sense. A lot of faith has to go in uh, the jockey, doesn't it, um, from that type of barrier? Yeah, exactly, and she's ridden him before and she's won on him, so I can't see why. I'm pretty confident he'll jump this week, so I'm pretty yep. confident either will lead or sit outside the leader. Okay, I like that. That's very good. Uh, well, BJ, I, I wanted to do everything possible to tip Mr. Ginola here. I thought we got Luke in today. I'm going to be making one of my famous steak sandwiches. You know, I just wanted to I wanted to tip his horse in the last, but I 
I'm struggling. I'm struggling to get it on top, BJ. Yeah, how, how about I, you? Did I, you I could, get it on top? I couldn't get it on top. I wish I'd spoken to Luke before I did my preview, though. But the way that uh, he's talking and the confidence oozing. I like the aggression. Yeah, and the aggressive tactics. He's an aggressive man, though, isn't he? If this is a if this is a like a pure speed contest, speed and strength, Mister Genoa probably comes out on top. The only way I was thinking he might get beat is if the is if there's a bit hes- hesitancy with the with the tactics and it's not it's not a go forward make it a make it a sustained speed duel if it was if if you asked jay to maybe try and ride a race as a potential for three wide no cover that sort of stuff but um if it's if it's attack mode then mr Genoa is going to be bloody hard to beat i really like that from luke in regards to uh i either like and you're fully aware of this with me especially when there's an apprentice on from a wide gate i don't like i wouldn't like the instructions to be try and find a spot midfield because it just doesn't happen you end up sitting deep in your race is dead very rarely happens, go back yeah. And ask it to sprint on, go forward and get that done. If she does happen to find a spot and it can occur, then so be it and wonderful. Um, but I like to hear that there's a um, a plan of attack uh, in that manner. Because I- you got to use his, sorry, Terry, you got to use his weapons, don't you? Really? Like, yeah. um, you're not running him with 62 kilos as a prep run. Like, this is, you mean business, do you know what I mean? So, what are his weapons and how can you utilize them to the to maximum, I suppose? It's a serious racehorse, too. Anyway, unfortunately, Luke, I'm, I have to uh, I have to tip against you. I hope I'm wrong. Um, oh, I don't know if I hope I'm wrong actually, because I'll probably have a reasonable crack here. Uh, I I can see a lot of speed, a lot of pressure in this race. To me, this is just one of those races that the up and coming Bob Peters runner just wins. Mm. Um, I think you're stiff to run into this horse, to be honest. In a in a sixty plus um, down on the minimum. Down on the minimum, yeah. It's a 62 rater and a 60 plus, but because it's a three-year-old, gets in with the 54. I'm a big CJP fan. Uh, won really well last start. Alexis Olympia won its next start, who around second. Hula Hoops ran fourth, who I'm going to give a bit of a plug in the horses to follow section shortly, BJ. Uh, it ran uh, it ran fourth. There's nice form behind it. Uh, the winner of the first, uh, Perfect Harmony, was also in that race. Um, interestingly, um, is having 31 days mm. between runs. And that's always something I've been a little bit uh, concerned about. It's something speaking to our mate Daniel Cripps that uh, I've sort of become a little bit easier on, especially with the bigger stables. Um, we trust the stable. What does he say? We trust the stable to have the horse right. We just need to back him. So um, a stable like that, I'm happy uh, backing in. It's got early speed as well. So I don't think if there is a pattern and it's really difficult to make ground, I think he can still settle up midfield. It's just about... Clint finding a spot. The way you're talking, Luke, is a chance he could even look for the back of you in a three-wide line if, if you do happen to get caught deep. Um, so, look, I just think with the six and a half kilos with the barrier swing, I feel really bad saying this with Luke sitting here. I just I just want to tip his horse. Like, I just want to be nice. But, uh, yeah, I just think um, there's a few factors in Long Beach's favour which might see him um, get over the top of Mr. Genoa, who I dare say will be a horse to follow next week. Mm. I'm with you, Terry. I think this is this is the race for Long Beach. I reckon Mr. Genoa is going to give a good kick and he's going to be there to win the race. But I imagine Long Beach is going to have the easier run. Uh, and the way it let down after racing on speed in what turned out to be quite a high rating race mm-hmm. on the day, like it it smoked him. Um, it was the highest rating race, wasn't it? It was the highest yeah. rating race from yeah. Vince Accardi's figures yeah. on on the day, and data. Uh, it, it's uh, data with an mm. <laughs> it's it's a it's a blue blood Peter's horse. What more would you expect? Fifty four kgs. Um, I think it's just going to get last crack at Mister Genoa, and it's probably just going to nail the big fella late. 
in uh, that's how I see it. You, you can't really knock lipstick flickers. It was pretty brave winning first up, sat outside the Laconian and got they their get, ride they got on to the control line. that though out in front, didn't they? A little bit. Yeah, mm. still had to still had to do the work and 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 do it. And my uh, horse, who I think could be the knockout, don't know what price they put up this horse. Which too. one? Rocky Path. Ah, uh, about ten to one. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I know where you're coming from. Rocky Path has just concerned it might just creep a bit back from the inside yeah, game, be giving him a three head four, start. Three or four back the fence, yes. weaving through. If the runs come, but it might be one of those ones that just doesn't get out. So, but for me, I, I think I think Long Beach, um, Cerise and White to end the day. No Pike in the last, but we've got CJP on board. Let's see if he uh, he anything. can get it on board. Uh, the, get it done in the next four weeks. It might be CJP in the last. We'll have to come up with something a little bit more catchy though. But um, look, let's hope if we're wrong that it's Jade McNaught in the last. Hey, but I think we might see uh, an exactor with uh, lipstick flickers running third, and she's a light. I think and um, it's just. It's a giant killer at the moment, really. Flying, so flying. Um, with the 54 and a half from the good gate, there's no reason it can't fill a hole as well. BJ, we got to the end of the preview. Over. Again. Over. Good. Yeah, not a day we're supremely confident on, but um, hopefully we've found a winner or two. Yeah, I'm with you, Terry. It is, it is one of those meetings where depending on how the track is playing early, maintain some flexibility during the day and- um, Do a bit of yoga as the meeting progresses, is that, that what you're saying? Or? That's it. Yeah. And- um, You'll be yoga man, Luke? Yeah, massive. Yeah. <laughs> smash, smash Davo, yoga. Don't drink any alcohol. Yeah, And so. pineapple on your steak sandwich. And how do we contact you for the horses again? <laughs> so uh, it's time that we come up with our best betting proposition of the day, mm. Terry. Ah, uh, Long Beach. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think Long Beach. I just price wise the three fifty four bucks. Uh, we didn't even discuss the price before. Uh, I've marked it three bucks, and I suspect there might be a bit of bit of support for it as well. Um, there will be money around for lipstick flickers and Mister Janelle, yeah. without doubt. Um, but I just this is just one of those bread and butter Bob Peters horses, and I, I'm I'm pretty happy having something on as as my main bet of the day at three fifty four to one. Okay, I was going to say Long Beach as well. You're so allowed to say the same. That's okay. I've just looked at the prices now, and this two thirty available star exhibit. I think he's just going to start a dollar eighty five, something like that. I think he just wins. Okay. Best betting proposition of the day two thirty. If you can get it on Sportsbet at the moment, chime in. Between the three of us, we've tipped. Uh, we have tipped the uh, Peters Quadrilla. Obviously, Luke hasn't tipped it in the last, but he uh, celebrity queen on top. So, yeah, it'd just be good for a battler like Bob to tip the quaddy, wouldn't it? You know, yeah, yeah, great yeah, result. Yeah, he needs it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke, what's your best of the day? Uh, I'm going to run with Mister Janella. I like that. I don't want. We don't want someone coming on the podcast that sits on the fence and um, gets uh, picket marks on their ass. So I'm, uh, I'm quite happy with that. So before we go any further, yes. What are your hopes for Mr. Gen- like, in all seriousness, what what level, you've got horses that have risen to, a, I guess, a, a Pims Royale and you've had, had horses that have progressed to a, a relatively high mark. Where does Mr. Janelle sit in the pecking order and, and, and what is what sort of upside does this fellow have? Well, he could be, I don't want to put the block on him, really, yeah, but the way he gets around, he could probably be a bit better than a listed horse, I'd think, yeah. I'd, I'd suggest. How yeah. far does he get? Don't know. I would, I'd, I'd like to stretch him out to fourteen hundred. Yeah. Find a race somewhere along the lines like that. But he does get he does get pulling quite a bit, so I'm a little bit hesitant to to stretch him to fourteen. But if he was to be able to lead a race like that on Saturday, well, I dare say he'd be able to lead a fourteen hundred meter race anywhere. Which he has won at fourteen hundred before as well. Mm-hmm. So. 
I reckon I could get him out there. That was his first WA defeat last week, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, pretty hard to swallow. Now I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting uh, a few more Eastern States victories. With I feel like I'm a part of the team now with Mr. Yeah. Janelle for some reason. So when we do go over East, I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm not even joking, I'm 100% Terry's talking going. in wee terms. All yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a rare occasion. I actually hope I get beaten by him on uh, on, on Saturday because that's what I deserve for not being on board. So. Okay, $20 plus, Maddie's. This is Perth Racing Guru Heartland. Oh, well, this is where he lives, punters. Well, we've already said uh, Blue Tracer and uh, Saxon takes off in the staying race, 35 to 1 and 7 to one um easy easily over my quotes those two um so yeah let's go the double up i think if you back them together you're still going to get over 20 to one just one of the two winning so how's that bj is that okay good and you also you did you did throw out spirit and fire who's uh still trading around oh, the 35 34 dollars yeah. yeah that wasn't more throw that wasn't so much throwing so that was more just just out of interest how the race will be run and, and I'm always basically I'm always happy being on a tearaway leader if you're getting big quotes you'll, one thing you'll all, all often find with betting moves once it's announced a horse will be ridden in a certain manner and it happened with Bow Count who had no form not much form going into it when they announced they were going to go forward money came mm. people always want to be on the tearaway leader because funny things can happen so um, all I'm saying is if, if that is announced and that's how they are going to ride it I'd want to have something on okay good for me I'm in the same race, I think this is a this could be an opportunity in this staying race. I thought prescience for with no weight on its back, Chloe has a party, quick backup, thirty five, thirty four dollars around exactly the same price as Blue Tracer. That's my Maddie for the day. Mm-hmm. You got anything at any type of? No, I haven't really looked at the prices that much, mate. So mm. I can't really throw much. Our Danny all up, uh, Mr. Genoa. That's about 20 to 1. Oh, well, exactly. We'll run with that. Okay, that's probably not a Maddie. That's more of a certainty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Morals. <laughs> Tell you what, it is a certainty that I'll be at the, <laughs> the Crown Sports Bar at 3 o'clock on Sunday morning. If that happens, I know that. Well, I might be with you. Uh, and then we have uh, the horses to follow. Before we go Before to the horses to the follow, horses late, to follow, keep an eye out on Twitter for Leighton's Betfair Lays. Yeah. Also, shout out to Pete McCormick and maybe Daniel Cripps. Follow these guys on Twitter and you might be able to get stuck into some of the horses that they are looking to lay at Ascot on Saturday. Pete McCormick threw up 220 special uh, choice yeah. last Saturday. It got rolled. Uh, Traded at $1.60. $1.60. Yeah. Um, That's half the battle is we're, we're trying to, I think we're, we're, the idea is we're not necessarily laying horses we think will lose. Um, we're laying horses we think are maybe under the odds. So when they shorten, we, uh, we, we, we clench our butt cheeks a little bit because we know we're about to do our ass. So um, would have been an interesting watch for Pete, but I'm sure he got out of it okay because it got done. Sure he did. So now it's time for our horses to follow segment. Terry, sounds like you've got a couple up your sleeve. What have you got? I do. Um, yesterday, as I've already touched on briefly, it was a bit of a, a difficult watch for... I think you, you described it as a bloodbath. I did describe... Well, yeah, I had the mop out this morning before you guys come around because um, yesterday was an absolute bloodbath in the punt. It genuinely was. I, I've been on a drip all morning, so... Just, just to get up for the preview. So uh, the podcast, what's this, a podcast? Just to get up for the podcast. But uh, Lonsdale lady missed the kick, didn't find the top, found trouble in the straight. Oh, it was 
awfully difficult viewing. I think if she leads it, I honestly believe it would have won that race by five lengths. Um, see a bit of Cockney Crew on it. I think they're going to go to the thousand guineas next. It's rare that with the horses to follow, we have an idea where they're going to go next. Um, it'll come up against some good ones in that. It'll come up against some um, Cerise and White runners in that. Um, we could see a price and I really want to be on. Like I, I obviously you haven't seen the field or the, the gates yet, but uh, it's definitely one I want to uh, be following. Uh, we don't follow many winners, but the money that came from Media Baron and how easily that one on a track which wasn't allowing horses to make ground, it's a future black type horse. I think they're finally, it's taken a long time. Um, to work him out. Yeah, exactly or, or, right. Or it's, get him right, one of the two. So. Yeah, exactly right. A bit like uh, Luke Fernie on the cricket field. It's promised yeah. a lot. And um, this one might actually start delivering though, hey? <laughs> Uh, Laurentinio uh, on the oh, surface. We're going here again. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. On the surface, that might look like a poor run, but the horse never slept. The horse was on heels, off heels. It was going to allow Avidus to come round. Didn't do that. The horse just. It just. You can't expect a horse of fifteen hundred meters to have its mouth wide open, be fighting the jockey, and then finish off. So. Wait for Chloe as a party to go back on um, and we're going to forgive. And on the surface, it's a run where a lot won't forgive. So I think we might even see a price. And you're going to get a fourth one this week. Oof, it's going around on Sunday. Um, a bit worried about the gate. It's probably going to start short. But Hula Hoops has been huge every start to date. It's been huge. It's been unlucky. Nothing's gone right. Um, it's again drawn awkwardly Sunday, but geez, it's flying. And um, yeah, we want to keep on following it from the Justin Warwick yard. DJ. Okay, I've got three horses to follow. I really like the way a horse called Lyle's Choice finished off at Bunbury, race three last Thursday, hit the line nicely. I think that particular race is gonna be a strong form reference. Lyle's Choice looks like a horse who's gonna get up over a mile and beyond from Team Williams, so keep an eye out for Lyle's Choice. I think it'll be racing third up next. Should be primed to win. Lincoln's Law was an eye catcher in the two-year-old race. Anne King had its first start in a race last Saturday. It hit the line well, coming from a long way back in the race that was won by Sunny Silk. And there's an old horse, I don't know how old he is, he's getting on down in Albany by the name of Lord Kronos. He is ready to win. Peter Weston. Peter Weston, he is ready to win. A little bit out wide for me, but down in Albany, Lord Kronos, he was massive on Albany Cup Day last Sunday. Bungled the start, huge run. If he steps next start, he'll be winning. Luke, uh, yeah. uh, do you have any horses from your stable that you'd just like to give a little bit of insight into the for the listeners moving forward? Yeah, just yeah. ruin your prices on a couple for the next yeah. couple of starts. No, you don't have to tell us any prices, just, just what's happening with a few of your better horses. No, we've got um, two going to the trials on Monday. We'll have Smarty and Two Spicy. They'll head there. And This is the bloke that told me he doesn't troll them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just told Terence that uh, last week I don't troll horses and this sort of come up that it's going to benefit them, so... I'll have a crack at it. it might come back and bite me in the ass, but we'll see how we go. Good. So, um, couple of that's a, a bit of a uh, joint one, a top-notch trialer, and a uh, and horses to follow as well. No, I, I have. I do ask Terry week in week out, um, Luke, if you hadn't heard about whether he's got any top-notch trialers, and he, uh, I don't know whether I'm, it's worth asking him this week. Terry, do I just bypass you and get on to mine, or might, have you got might, one? I might surprise you this week, actually. Okay, let's go. What have you got? Are you going to ask me, Terry? Have you got any top-notch trialers? Uh, not this week. No, I do actually, uh, purely because it's running on Sunday and I've been looking forward. I was actually going to tip this horse when it was nommed for the three-year-old race against Celebrity Queen. Name of Oristano um, was huge uh, at its first prep. Lee Newman did Lee Newman things um, at its <laughs> only race start. Uh, it was absolutely butchered. Came out recently, jog-trotted in a, jog -trotted in a trial. Little start, 
I'll probably start dollar fifty on Sunday. If it's even money at all, um, I want to be on board. But its trial was huge. Oristano from the flying David Harrison yard. Yeah, they are flying. Mm. Harrow and his team are doing a huge job. Another two-year-old winner last week. Mm-hmm. They are killing it. So, top-notch trialer. Good to see you um, chiming in, mm. Terry. It's it good. By, it was by default purely because I've already done this. A bit of the Sunday form. So still, yep, better, just, than, better than nothing, eh? Just in time for Sunday. So I've got three from the trials. Uh, this was called Casa Rosada. First raced with the Liz Strempel stable. It's a maiden. It's now with the Pierce brothers. Trialed at Bunbury on Feb 7. Trialed well. I would expect that this is a horse that the Pierce brothers can get up and firing first up or second up. Follow Casa Rosada in a maiden. There's a two-year-old really nice trial from the Martin Allen stable. Jared Noski was a jockey horse by the name of Hot Mix. It goes good. It trialed at Belmont on the 14th of February. Follow Hot Mix and Robbie and Todd Harvey have a pretty smart horse. It's won three from four when last in work. His name's Pro Consent. It hit the line nicely in its trial on the same day, February 14th. So Pro Consent, the way that it moved, is look, looks it in for a, for a pretty successful preparation as well, Terry. Yes, good stuff, Beach. Whatever, uh, whatever, whatever happened, happened to? to? Yes. So last week you raised the question, whatever happened to Battlestorm? And we got the answer on Twitter during the week. Mm-hmm. Jay Rooney, the local news hound, one of the best in the business, he just told us straight up, Battlestorm is on the plane, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is on the plane with Superstorm and Regal Power. He's heading to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So um, be interesting to see how that uh, sprinter measures up over on the East Coast. I have a really high opinion of a horse by the name of Indominus. Yeah, I, oh, I actually Colin thought Webster. I actually thought this time last year, it, well, it was a WA Derby prospect. It um, did we both tip that debate Superstorm? We did. Yeah, Melbourne Cup day, Ascot. Yeah. It ran fourth. That was its first up run. It hasn't been seen since. Obvious issues, I would imagine, because I think it's only had two starts in last in the last nine or ten months. So, going to chase up with the Colin Webster stable. This horse has a stack of talent. Indominus. It's a playing god four-year-old now. Let's find out where Indominus is at because I'm uh, pretty eager to find out if it's going to be making its way back to the racetrack anytime soon, Terry. Uh, okay, so what's left to uh, discuss, BJ? Just a mention of our 1-1 Twitter racing polls. Last week we asked the our listeners who uh, who have the better CV out of Windstorm or Superstorm. This was prior. Who will have the better CV? At the end of their careers. Yes. Yep. Uh, this was prior to last week's Challenge Stakes victory from Superstorm. The results are in. Windstorm, 62%. Superstorm, 38%. Who would you have voted for, Luke? Ah, uh, Windstorm, I reckon. You can stay, mate. That's good. Yeah, yeah you, got, you got that one right. Tick. Yeah, yeah, it's a serious horse. Yeah, no, it certainly is, isn't it? Then again, if Superstorm wins an Australian Guineas in a week and a half, a few of us might be changing our answer then. Yeah, that's that's not a bad look on your CV as yeah, an Australian no. Guineas over a mile at Flemington. So yeah, um, so that was last week. But this week, it's this is going to be fascinating. Who is WA's second best jockey? We will provide who we think is in the discussion mm-hmm. as well as maybe even throw in an other button just to in case we've missed someone but yeah we'll see how the votes um, turn out for that one Terry yeah no it should be uh, should be interesting well then that brings us to the end of a, another uh, lengthy podcast uh, thank you to Luke Fernie for uh, for coming on thoroughly enjoyed uh, having a chat with you and uh, learning a bit to the uh, bit of the ins and outs of what happens uh, on a day-to-day basis um, 
as a trainer in a in an up and coming racing stable. Don't forget uh, as well, listeners. Anyone that wants to get involved with one of the uh, the quicker moving uh, stables at the moment to uh, to give Luke uh, to get in touch with Luke personally on the email address he provided or the number he provided before or his Facebook page, which was that Luke Fernie Racing. Yeah, Fernie Racing. That's Fernie Racing. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming along, Luke. Yes, thanks, Luke. It's great. It's been a pleasure, boys. Nice house like this. You can see why Terry tips so many winners. <laughs> looking over, looking over the Swan River, and in a flash million dollar house, which is good. Hey, good. I don't Not know. Not a bad we, gig, is we, it? We might be editing that out. I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's hope we can um, find a few winners on Saturday. Good luck to Luke with Mister Genoa and our Danny. Uh, I don't think either of us managed to get either of his on top, which I feel a bit bad about. But well, Luke's um, best betting proposition is the double. Yeah, so the double, exactly right. right. So um, there's plenty of fodder there to to think about. And um, until next week on the one one. <laughs>